graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. City gonna set my soul on fire. Hello and welcome to Well. Wouldn't you know who's won the Tony? I am the natural John Mack, and as always, I'm joined by a man who dyes his hair blonde, then black, then blonde, then black again. Ad nauseum. A man who has not one but two hideous neck tattoos. A man who always gets rid of old furniture with a sledgehammer. The Richmond nightmare. Dashing Mark Crowver. How are you? You all right, mate? <laughs> Classic, classic intro as usual. <laughs> I'm all right though, mate. I'm, I'm happy to be compared to Cody Rhodes all day of the week. <laughs> uh, I thought I'd give you, thought I'd give you a nice little bit there. How are you doing anyway? I'm not too. But what the fuck? What is it? That's that's gotta be Bellis. Looks like we've got a run-in, folks. We are joined this time out by a man who's cooler than Glacier with a Cornetto. A man who is meatier than a 72-ounce steak wrapped in pepperamis. He's a vegetarian's worst nightmare. From the One Man's Meat podcast, it's big, meaty, cool. Chris Bellis, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Um, I'd like to say I'm all right, but goodness gracious, I, I don't think I can get my head through the door, pal. How are you? <laughs> We have we have very small doors, you see. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Chris is here tonight to answer the big questions like how much meat is too much meat, and uh, just how Scottish is Scottish juggalo? Like, are we talking Robert Burns, William Wallace, or are we talking like Gordon Ramsay, Rod Stewart? We just don't know. These are the things we're going to get into tonight. But first of all, we're going to treat you because we're not going to be doing the nitro for a couple of weeks because we've got mania. Wonderful. All 18 fucking hours of it. <laughs> so we're going to give you a stroll down the Moron Boulevard, down the Idiot Paved Avenue, all the way to the Creditors Cul-de-Sac. It's Credit of the Week, boys. Have you got one for me, Marky? Yeah, it's a repeat offender, I'm afraid, John. <laughs> it seems um... to be quite a lot. As long as it's not flare, we're all right. No, it's no no flare. He's had a quiet week this week. To be fair, we uh we got the old return of woo we uh, woo woo watch or whatever it was for a couple of weeks, didn't we? Woo wings. <laughs> I was going to say woo wings. Um, but yeah, we've got um Jericho's piped up again as he tends to do, and he's he's basically just blowing smoke up his own ass, which is classic Jericho. <laughs> what has he become, uh, honestly? <laughs> you probably you probably seen it at this point. He's discussing the huge impact of uh, of Judas on the wrestling world. You know, his uh, his hit song that he's had for about five years now. He used to change his gimmick a lot, but no, he doesn't do that anymore. He's like, he said, he's referring to how people sing his song, uh, basically. And um, he's talked about how because of his song Judas, it's become a thing now. He started to see it all over the place now. He, he's heard it with Seth Rollins' song and, and a few of us as well. And he's like, oh, but Ju- Judas was the first one to do that. No, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, I'm pretty sure sing-alongs and crowd participation has been part of wrestling since God knows how long. And it's just it's just typical him just to just take something that's 
it's sort of become a little bit more popular because of him and just blow blow smoke up his own ass as usual. <laughs> That's it. I mean, how many people did not know the words to Real American by Hulk Hogan? How many people did not sing along to Bad Street Atlanta GA by the Freebirds? <laughs> it's, it's it's beyond it's beyond moronic now. It's to the point where this guy is is a parody of himself. Parodying, yeah. parodying himself, he's just like. <laughs> I know. Uh, what's, your, what's your take, Chris? Well, um, to to further add to uh, to Mark's uh, little thing, there's also at least uh, two thousand people in Doncaster that know the words to Enter Sandman. But uh, <laughs> there you go, showing me age. That's there. a very good, very good point. <laughs> but yes, uh, I I did try to be original. I did try to find a, a new contender. But sadly, we have a repeat offender. It is uh, the one, the only, um, pro wrestling's biggest hoarder, um, the greatest wearer of a tash since Ravishing Rick Rude, apparently, (laughs) if you'll see the pictures on Twitter. It's um, old tiny eyes himself, Davey Meltzer. He's got a tash. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's, 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 a, there's a picture doing the rounds on on Twitter from I'm assuming the early '80s, where he's got he's he's literally like a ravishing recruit tribute act, big curly <laughs> and a little spivvy tash, and there's this one lad on on Twitter that's just made a big deal of it. I think it's um, Ian Drew Dice Clay or someone like that, but uh, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll retweet it, I'm sure. <laughs> Can't wait to see that. <laughs> oh, honestly, <laughs> it's it's a thing of beauty. What's uh, what Seven Star Galore done this week at the old original pro wrestling gorilla? <laughs> well, there's, there's several that I could have taken from, but uh, this one comes from a, a friend of the show, Jim Cornette, because uh, I won't give Dave Meltzer any of my money to find this come from his own mouth, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm given to believe that um, Steve Kane has written a book recently that uh, CM Punk has written the foreword for. So of, oh, course, yeah, yeah. so, of course, they're reviewing this book and talking about how great it is. But, of course, um, these things were starting to calm down up until recently, so the subject turns to CM Punk returning to the AEW locker room for no apparent reason. <laughs> and, um, of course, and old Davy Baby pipes up with, again, seemingly out of nowhere, um, well, if, uh, if CM Punk ever feels like he wants to step back into an AEW ring again, he needs to apologise to every single person in the AEW locker room. <laughs> now, I don't swear very often, lads, but does he fuck? <laughs> no. Bag right, we'll, swear, we'll swear for you, don't worry. <laughs> what a man, like. Absolutely. I mean, this is a man who is shown to be the only proven needle mover in the current incarnation of AEW. He doesn't have to apologise to anybody. The people that are making the stink in that company need to grow up, realise that they're better off with him than without him, and just work with the man. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) There you go. No, it's just... Yeah, you're right there, because there's no way that there's the whole locker room is against him. Do you know what I mean? There's 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 a vo- no. vocal amount of people that are still backing the guy to come back. Do you know what I mean? So totally. it's just hi- 
it's hyperbole by Meltzer again, and he just he speaks in that all the time. <laughs> yeah, always yeah. is. But this is the thing. I mean, what what that stems from is an Instagram story CM Punk put out about um, basically calling Meltzer a liar. Yeah, calling Jericho a liar and a stooge, and Tony little Khan's pop at Moxley as well. To be fair, yeah, and rightly so. I mean, yeah. if CM Punk doesn't have any need to lie, yeah. From what I can gather, so he's got his he's 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 got his money, and he? he doesn't need the money. He's, he came back because he he sort of he, he almost got to. a passion for it again. But yeah, just, that that whole that whole Instagram post was a big old storm, wasn't it, on Twitter and everything like that, yeah. just in general. <laughs> which um, which sort of segues neatly into where I'm coming from with uh, his partner in crime, <laughs> Mister Alvarez. Oh God! <laughs> so. Apparently, I, I, I watched uh, Brian Alvarez Witter on. I mean, he's a bit more eloquent than Meltzer. There's no, uh, duh, uh, uh, like, like when he talks. But uh, apparently Meltzer said this as well, but they've both said that there's no money to be made from Punk working with Omega, uh, Dunfuck Adam Page, the Young Bucks, Moxley or Jericho in AEW because they don't get paid based on stuff like attendance. There's money to be made in fucking ticket sales in pay-per-view buys in merchandise sales is what are they talking about he's trying genuinely to, he's trying to diminish the star power of him basically it's the it? only real thing they've got and i mean we've we've watched some aw <laughs> tonight and there's not much real going on there that's all i can say <laughs> and then he started wittering on saying he's heard nothing from the books or omega or jericho or, or neither's dave as far as he knows about all this you know whispers chinese whispers and bullshit and all that kind of stuff he said the only thing he's heard for like 10 months about it is from fans but then he's asking punk for concrete proof why are you asking punk for concrete proof on anything when you're getting your sources from fucking fans that's <laughs> real journalism right you yeah. know oh, yeah. honestly it's, 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 i've never seen a better cell phone what an absolute <laughs> moron <laughs> well, they're just they're both as bad as each other, but I think Alvarez gets away with it because he's sort of I don't know, he just seems to hide in the hide in the shadows a little bit, doesn't he? Even though he has similar yeah. similar it's the Hammond. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. He's he's got more of a personality to him as well, does Brian yeah. Alvarez, to be fair. Um I mean there was there was once a time it, it, it was before like um Meltzer and Alvarez merged their empires of evil together. But there was a time, like back in the early 2000s, where his content was really good because he was literally, he, he, he was countercultural. He was, he was saying yeah. what no one else was saying, but mm. not on the side of all these morons and virgins that have destroyed pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're back on. <laughs> I, I, I didn't used to mind him. He used to do a Nitro um, sort of review. Yeah. He might still do it. I can't remember. I just haven't bothered for years. But I used to get that with like Brian and Vinny, and and then his grandma used to come on and stuff like that. And it was it was a laugh. And then ever since Meltzer started championing this stuff, he's sort of had to join in, yeah. even if he doesn't believe it. I feel I think he line. feels like he has to get yeah. in line. And and it's uh, yeah, it's it's not a good look. I mean, the person at the crux of it all is Tony Khan because he can't he can't run a business no. like. For all McMahon's faults and for all Vince's, you know, indiscretions over the years, he keeps his house in order, doesn't he? So, yeah, yeah. the fact that there's been like no 
comment on Punk for six to, what six to eight months. They've not even mentioned him mm. on telly. Like, what are they doing? Are they getting rid of him or are they bringing him back? There's no like, there's no one knows a clue what's going on. They were talking about there was that whispers of like uh, a buyout in the contract and all that, and but nothing's happened with that as well. I just think Tony's absolutely terrified of Punk doing a podcast or something about him. <laughs> Is desperate to get that non-disclosure agreement agreed. Hundred <laughs> percent. I, I don't know if he'd do a podcast, Punk. You know, because I think he's been burnt with that before with the Colt Cabana stuff. So yeah. you never know. It might be a tell-all book or something, or probably in comic form. I'd no, buy it. Punk, but, yeah, I'd buy it as <laughs> yeah. well. To me. Yeah, same, same. You've got three dedicated buyers here. But now I was, um, I was, I was chatting to someone the the other day, and they, they, they raised a, a really good point here. And it was, they might as well cut their losses with Punk and let him go. Because in all reality, the biggest match that AEW could put on right now would be Punk versus Cody at SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is a good point. But also, the funniest thing that happened to Meltzer in the recent past is his uh, Twitter account got hacked, which made me laugh. <laughs> So, oh yeah! And now he's yeah, he's got like a blank thing and just a dot that says test. <laughs> can't re- can't reply to legions of fans putting his name on Twitter, can he? <laughs> Googling his own name or searching his own name. <laughs> Bloody hell! I did see something else a bit cretinous. Go on, <laughs> old Billy Corgan. Oh, him again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I hate, and I hate, I hate it because you know he was a he, yeah he's one of me he was one of my favourites I think he's a deplorable yeah. human being but like <laughs> you know Siamese Dream and Melancholy and Infinite Sadness are two of my favourite albums of all time but this involves the Smashing Pumpkins guess who their support act is on tour the NWA uh, is it genuinely what? he's taking his oh. whole wrestling promotion out oh on, how God. is that gonna work in a, do you know what I mean you're gonna have to you could have to play yeah, how's that going to work? Are they going to play? I bet they play in the ring, guaranteed. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's happening. In all <laughs> fairness, I thought you were going to say Fozzy then. I thought you were going to say that as well. That's the first thing that thought came to my head. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Like that's just going to be like it's going to be like Axel Rose versus Axel Rose in terms of ego. Absolutely. I'll <laughs> be cool. What about who could come on the latest? <laughs> mm. It's been going back Jericho to Jericho, would that wouldn't he? I don't, I don't know, you know, because he's he's getting after that all that stuff he did with Sebastian back the other year. I think <laughs> his ego's his ego's like Everest several levels of it, Mount Everest levels. <laughs> I did see a clip from uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society's PWG. Battle of Los Angeles thing uh, in oh. slow motion, oh, yeah. and I hadn't seen that. I know it was January, but jeepers creepers, that is, uh, yeah, <laughs> not something to behold, is it? That's that. This is a man who wrestles in slow motion anyway, and can't even do slow motion properly. <laughs> you think you'd be an expert, wouldn't you? <laughs> and then you you get people like Gresham's in there, and there's a few, and it's it's like, oh man, come on, yeah. don't lower yourself to this shit. Yeah, like. <laughs> people that you really wouldn't expect to be doing crap like that. Like, I mean, I know he associates with a lot of those tools, but I thought Jonathan Gresham was kind of a bastion against all that sort of thing. So he, he takes himself super that. seriously, doesn't he? Yeah. Like really yeah, seriously. He really does. 
But even Jericho, like thirty plus year career, and he's just resorted himself to do that now. It's just crazy. Like I, just, yeah. I can't, I can't get my head around it. Because the cool kids do it, and he wants to be, <laughs> yeah. he wants to be twenty five again. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like he's, he's anything for clout. Yeah, he, he really is. Like the last couple of years, he's even tarnished his legacy in the first year of AEW over the last yeah. couple of years. Definitely, yeah, that which might play a bit one. into my thoughts for the main event. But there you go. <laughs> See, this is it. This is it. It's like it's like when we were at this is completely polar opposite of what I mean. But it's the only thing I can think when we watch Nitro and and, and Benoit pops up, and you've got to sort of take yourself out of that. Completely different context, obviously. But with Jericho, when you we I watch this and I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking about is this guy's an absolute prick right now. I can't watch him <laughs> with any sort of balance or anything. And I really That's tried. Fine. <laughs> You've got to try. But speaking of which, we need to get on to AEW. So who's, who's going to be our credit of the week, guys? Is it the tandem tits of uh, Meltzer and Alvarez? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good enough to be, couldn't it? <laughs> I think it probably has to be, to be fair, since they've, since they've dredged up a complete can of worms between them, haven't they? Let's face it. Yeah. And they keep doing it. They're the only ones who keep dredging it up. He puts out a little yeah. Instagram story, deletes it, and then it's like... It's a thing for about three months because these two bell pieces just won't shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where it. that's where they're getting all the clicks from, though, isn't it? They know where no, they, they know how to make money. They know what they're doing. I mean, I think Sean Ross Sapp's a moron, but he's nowhere near on the level of these guys. Nah, no, definitely nowhere. Not. I mean, nowhere. the daftest shit he did was that you know getting involved with the Bray Wyatt ra- White Rabbit thing and like going, <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> picking that harm, harmless, really, in a way. Yeah, this these yeah. these two are. You know, it's it's a it's a strong word, cancer, but they they are a cancer to the wrestling business, man. They really yeah. are. They it's are. Ironic. They yeah. They they are the real cancer. They they throw the word cancer around to to the wrong person right now. Yeah. You can you can say what you like about CM Punk. He's a real man. He speaks his mind. Yeah. He likes politeness and directness above all things. Whereas and he, and he anyone else respect. that's against him. Is essentially, let's face it, a mealy-mouthed little bastard. Because they <laughs> yeah, are. It's it's children. it's all those like wormy, creepy types that have got the problems with him. Apart from Mox, which has surprised me really, but then I suppose yeah. he has them tendencies as well. But mm. that's the thing. He's he's very much a say it to my face sort of person dealing with a bunch of mealy-mouthed little kids. Let's face <laughs> it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, we we love punk, but you know, I, I'm first to admit he's a bit of a knobhead. Let's be like he can be, he can yeah, be a, bit of a but, knobhead. But you know, I, the I, best I love people him for are though, aren't they? <laughs> I love him for that. He's he's it, straight talking. <laughs> he's got he's got a he's got a sort of list of morals. Like yeah. it's like treat me as I treat you, kind of thing. Don't disrespect me if I don't disrespect you. Obviously, the way he lives his life with the straight edge stuff, it's not for me personally, but. You know, fair play to him. If you've got the sort of willpower and the determination to live like that, crack on. But, you know, I, I do find straight edge people to be a bit self-righteous, but yeah. and I'm sure he is. They do. <laughs> Honestly, well, I, I grew up in sort of like the hardcore scene in Manchester and there's a lot of them and, yeah, interesting <laughs> characters. But, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be them too. It's got to be because yeah. it's like you can't... It's usually Meltzer just spouting off and... Arguing with some complete unknown on Twitter, but this is this is they're, har- they're the potentially podcast. harming money to be made. Of course they are. And Tony Khan, the problem with Tony Khan is because he's listened to their radio shows and read their you know newsletter for twenty years or whatever. 
he thinks they're the gospel. So yeah. he will, you know, to I mean, I know we called him out the other week for about travel arrangements, but this is the problem now. Tony Khan's on an absolute descent into madness, isn't he? <laughs> He's slowly. clearly losing the fucking plot. He really is. We'll slowly it's say it. Too, <laughs> it's getting too much for him. It's like we're watching it in real time, and it's like it's quite uncomfortable to watch because you're thinking. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I mean, bless him. He's probably. I think he's. A, I think he's a bit socially awkward. I think he's led quite a sheltered life. Mm. You know, being the son of a billionaire, and he's in his escape was wrestling. His yeah. little he he feds. You know, and, you know, he probably loves it. Like he's passionate. Yeah, of course about he it. does. I mean, but we love it. But there's no way. I'm even if I had the cash, I'm not going to go. Right, boys, I'm going to book a full national fucking federation because I'm the. I know what's best. I, I did an e-fed. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, don't be silly. You, you, you're dealing with, you know, binary stuff there. You're not dealing with personalities. You're not dealing with egos. You're not dealing with anything. Yeah. And I think he's just got well in over his head. I think he thought he could do it because I think he thought it was simple because he, all you need to do is write names on a sheet and smash it and throw money, throw money at people and they'll come. I mean, that, that match that they had the other night, that uh, El Hijo del Vikingo, Versus Omega, and and like people put, it, I think, oh, El, he held El Vikingo being a lucha god, and there's a bit where he does like a inverted four fifty or something, that and then uh, Omega catches him and he runs him, but like Omega, Omega's sort of sort of waiting for him, like looking up at him with his hands out as he's doing it on the at the corner. I'm thinking, how oh, is that? What, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, what this kid does is fucking impressive. Do you know what I mean? I could do it. The guy's got more coordination, athleticism, and you know he's not Hoovy. He's much better than Hoovy. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's no Mister Bean going on. Um, no but you're watching it and you're thinking, smash, smashing. You know, go go in the Olympics from Mexico, gymnastics, floor <laughs> floor exercise. Don't don't do it on the wrestling because it's not wrestling, is it? It's just you pricking yeah. about and Omega's catching and. Yeah, I haven't it seen that much me. to be fair, but you know, I, I saw a clip of it. That was the one clip I saw of it, and I thought, oh, I won't be watching that then because <laughs> I'll, I'll just get heartburn. So I'll just let, leave it. But yeah, Meltzer and Alvarez coming up. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started. I was watching Young Bucks matches at midnight last night. It was it was, <laughs> it was, it was fucking abysmal. Anyway, so Meltzer, Alvarez. For the umpteenth award, well, melts them more than Alvarez, but yeah, cretins of the week. <laughs> we'll see you next week. So we're gonna get we're gonna get balls deep into some AEW now. Yeah. So our first foray into the world of independent wrestling, circa 2018, <laughs> didn't go so well. Yeah. But <laughs> but the but, but the the silver lining of this was there was nothing on this card. That was any fucking worse than Adam Page versus Jordan. <laughs> so it's impossible. It's, yeah, it is absolutely. impossible. Genuinely, one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, so we're going to go to the MGM Grand Garden Arena, Paradise, Las Vegas. Fucking Paradise, Las Vegas. Who calls a gaff Paradise? With an eleven thousand person attendance and a buy rate of one hundred and nine to one hundred thirteen thousand. It's AEW Double or Nothing 2019. So we open with the grating voice of hell that is Justin Roberts, <laughs> dressed like a fucking zebra crossing. <laughs> so Justin Roberts announces the pointless singing of the Star Spangled Banner, as always. 
However, it was sung by a, the guy who plays Chunk in Bull, if, if anyone knows that show. So, oh, yeah. So show show me, <laughs> me, me and the wife, me and the missus watch, and uh, it's it's a bit far-fetched, but it's it's quite interesting. So I thought, I'll watch this. And the, him and his wife and his child are all singing. So <laughs> they're all got T-shirts on about acceptance and inclusion, fair play. Can't argue with that. And to be fair, it wasn't the worst one I've heard. I've yeah, you get some stinkers worse. sometimes, don't you? <laughs> oh, especially at WWF singing at American the Beautiful. Some of them jeepers. <laughs> yeah. Do you find though me. it's 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 even hard to forgive that it's a child doing it because the minute the minute that that little girl started singing and I, I, just, I, I just I just I just wanted to die. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's a it's it it's a horrible thing to say. Obviously, being a dad, you 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 turn up to everything. You're as proud as punch. But honestly, the minute she opened her gob, I was like, I'm glad she's not mine. <laughs> Get shit, you know, eh? yeah. you I tend to skip the nonsense. The national anthem bollock me. Yeah. I would have done, but because it's a guy in a show that I quite like, I thought, I'll see what he's like. Because I heard he was a singer. He's in that Hamilton sort of play, I think. Which He's, I he's seen. very good in that, actually. He's he's very good in that. I've not seen it because I'm one of them people. I'll watch it in about four years' time when everyone stopped raving about it. Because sure. when somebody raves about something, I'll just go, yeah, I'm not bothering. Yeah. I'll watch it later. <laughs> So defiant. Like, like Breaking Bad and <laughs> Game of Thrones. It's probably the same reason that we're watching Double or Nothing now, isn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you exactly why we're watching Double or Nothing now. That man there. <laughs> Good lad, Mark. Love it. I, I, we're sat at the pub and he goes, um, tell you what I've not seen anyone do yet, an AEW retrospective, and I'm thinking, eh, yeah, you're probably right. And now, now we're thinking there's, there's a fucking reason for that. It'll be worth it at the end. There'll be some good we'll stuff. Be, it would be in postmodern before it was fashionable. Yep. <laughs> okay, next we get a hype package putting over most of the matches, to be fair. It was a higher quality hype package than all in. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more money behind it this time. It was your belief and your passion. Cody and the Young Bucks are on fire. I am Chris Jericho, baby. Goodbye. Does it get any bigger than Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho? Wrestling presents Double or Nothing. It's another beautiful day in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we are live in the MGM Grand Garden Arena that has been sold out for weeks and weeks. Fans here from all over the world joining us, and what a night it's going to be, everybody. I'm Jim Ross. Great to be back with you. And working tonight with Alex Marvez, Excalibur. Folks, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun here tonight. And Alex, we're starting it off with a red-hot tag match. You're right about that. S-C-U. SoCal Uncensored squaring off against Stronghearts from OWE. 
Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, a new wave of wrestling coming from the Far East. But SCU going to try to get the pinfall. The music's a bit pony, but um, we get JR, Alex Marvez, who is one of the worst little... I forgot he was a commentator. I forgot yeah, Marvez yeah. did commentary at the beginning. Yeah, there's a there's a very solid reason he's a backstage interviewer now, and, <laughs> and that answer is double or nothing 2019. <laughs> um, you're in the pre-show, right? Of all people to constantly oh. forget the name of Kenny Omegas, only like <laughs> you know one of one of the EVPs of the company. If he was talking about Kip Sabian and forgot his name constantly, that's fair enough. But every time it was like oh, Kenny, um, Kenny, um, Alpha, Kenny, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Omega, <laughs> shave your face, like. Yeah. <laughs> we also get the masked moron. Uh, one of these things is not like the other guys. Um, so they go through the card. There's not a lot of oomph to it, though. It's it was a bit bland. I felt. Yeah, they're just a bit like like Jr. Just you could just tell from minute one. He's just like, who am I with here? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like he doesn't have an ounce of enthusiasm. No. All night, and especially not at the start here. And plus, like like you say, the opening music for this is pony. So how how on earth can you get ex- excited for what? I mean, some of those matches look like they'd be quite decent, but with, with what's playing behind it, you think, yeah, I've got some ironing to do. I'll just have this on in the background. <laughs> so first up, we get SoCal Uncensored, which is uh, Scorpio Sky, Chris Daniels and Frankie Kazarian versus Strong Hearts, which is Chima or Seema, L Linderman, and T-Hawk. What did you guys think of uh, the opener? Do you want to start, Chris? Yeah, um, I'll be honest. Um, I was looking forward to this match. I thought it was the right opener to have as well. Quite quite a bold statement to make, but in my opinion, Chris Daniels is the best indie worker of the last 20 years. And a lot of what works with current style goes through him, really. Um, he was one of those few guys... There's an argument the... to be made for it, definitely, yeah. There is, and it was it was one of those few guys in, especially the early years of Ring of Honor, that kind of had the wrestling acumen, but also brought a bit of character as well. Um, especially with the stuff he was doing with his like anti Ring of Honor factions in the beginning and stuff. So, I've always liked him. Scorpio Sky at, at this point was still a bit of a worst kept secret, and Kaz is Kaz, and I thought really those three with the experience of like the US style and stuff probably were the best three to have against these guys to kind of temper things a bit like not make it too yeah bombastic and um a special mention to L Linderman uh, what what would Crash Holly look like if he was Chinese and jacked <laughs> <laughs> <It's> true yeah <laughs> Oh, hey, Crash great. Holly was jacked. He weighed over four hundred pounds, man. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought Daniels and Kazarian putting Daniels and Kazarian in the first match was was a really smart move because obviously they're both tenured. You know, the two of the most dependable hands you've got yep. at the moment. And like Chris said, they they're solid, but they can do the, the uh, American indie stuff. But as we know, six mans are traditionally the shits. <laughs> They can be, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they can be. The other, the other, the three guys in Strong Hearts apparently work for the Oriental Wrestling Entertainment promotion, which sounds like McMahon's had a slightly racist foray into Japanese wrestling. 
I like the separate entrances. I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It looks it looks big league, whereas all in looks bush league because of the little steps the down ramp, and ramp. Yeah, yeah. It was a Ring of Honor gimmick in an in an arena, wasn't it? And SCU looked good. Daniels is like Napoleon on his holidays. Comes out looking like is that, that. Freddie Mercury, like when he like the way he was like dancing about though and stuff. Well, I didn't realize that was what he was going for until he started yeah. doing the sort of don't stop me now thing. Yeah. It's like something's never changed though, because they've got like all stars and stripes gear on and they're facing Japanese guys. And it's <laughs> it's yeah. It's it, it it'll never go that, will it? No. <laughs> no. Most, no, most it's, definitely it's, not. There's there's always got to be a foreign menace, even in uh Cuddle Town, <laughs> hasn't there? Cuddle Town. <laughs> um they do get the crowd pumps up, I'll give them that. Sexy Frankie's looking like a bit like Randy Orton. <laughs> I love Frankie Kazarian, me. I think he's, he's great. A handsome, handsome man. What a handsome <laughs> Isn't man he is. Just? Isn't he just? <laughs> Fucking Rick's no- Rick Knox is in the ring. It's never a good and, sign. And I quote, <laughs> none better in the business, according to Escalaburk. <laughs> none better in the fucking business. Look who else I've got to deal with. Um, look at me, Remsburg and Mr. Red. I mean, you know. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul Turner's all right. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, to be fair, he's done all right. So they mentioned that all the tags, all the tag matches have a 10 count to get out of the ring, not a five count, which is uh, irrelevant anyway because uh, Rick Knox is refing. Are you sure it's yeah. not a 20 count? <laughs> I, I think it's a no count. I don't think it counts. He's no. absolutely bobbins. What was your what was your take on this, Mark? I didn't I didn't mind it. I thought it was I thought there was a few bits in there where it was just it was getting a bit daft, but like 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 Chris alluded to, three three guys I quite like. I like Kazarian, Daniel, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Daniels. Obviously slowed down a bit in these last like this AEW run, but that's natural. But he's still great. I've always been a big fan of Scorpio Sky, to be honest. I don't really know what's going on with him recently, but I think he's he's got all the tools, to be honest. That he just sort of YouTube. Been... <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, I I think he's got all the tools. He's got a great look. He can actually he's a decent talker when you give him some give him something to work with, and he's. He looks great. He's in great shape. Athletic, athletic as anything. I think they got a star on the hands, but they just <laughs> don't know what to do with him. But yeah, I, I thought it was all right. I mean, you needed a match that was going to be high octane just to get the crowd going after that pretty mundane start, I suppose. Yeah. But I, thought, I, I, I mean, like I say, I'm not a massive fan of six mans, but I thought it was it was all right because there was enough people in there that I enjoy watching. You see, so uh, Seymour and Daniels start the leapfrog and flip a bit. Daniels, it's an 8.2 straight off the bat on the steamboat scale. Lovely. Very good. Old Seamer, it's an 8, and it ends in a stalemate. Bit of a gripe I have with most modern wrestling. There's always that stalemate intro. Yeah. Always. Where they can't get one, can't get the better of each other. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) Which I get, I get, but you know, you see it in every match, and it's like a beast of a clothesline. Barely sold, obviously. (laughs) And uh, Scorpio Sky blind tags in. It's a nice drop kick. T-Hawk fires back with elbows and then a sit-out powerbomb for two. This Lindemann character tags in, gets a splash for two. Scorpios cuts him off and uh, Daniels and Kazarian follow with a slingshot elbow and a leg drop, which was nice. They isolate Lindemann and work him over in the corner, which was nice again, but longer than a 10 count, you know, it was like fucking 40 count. <laughs> they, pretty much, they pretty much buried that role from the get-go, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Rick Knock just... Nox just stands there, may as well, you know, be reading the paper, doing his knitting, you know, I don't know, watching the telly. 
some nice double team stuff showing their tenure as a team because they've been a team for a while, I think. All breaks down. Seahawk hits a drop kick to Sky's knee and he takes a fucking great bump. Stronghearts take control, isolating Daniels. An STO by Daniels and tag Sky in. I thought they could have built that hot tag in a bit more, to be fair. It was, you know, it was a bit... It was a bit weak. weak. All three are in, for fuck's sake. Knox just stands there again. Big knee, <laughs> T-bone suplex. JR keeps calling him Chinese, which is a bit problematic, but they are Japanese who work for a Chinese company. He I couldn't think. quite grasp that, could he? <laughs> no. No, no, he couldn't. <laughs> Kaz is running wild with a drop kicks, a hip-toss neckbreaker, which was lovely. Uh, then he gets a Northern Lights. Jackknife pins the other for two. So he's got, he Northern Lights is one of them. And Jackknife pins the other at the same time. It was a nice little combination. That. It was quite cool. Yeah, that um, was fluid. It would have been a nice finish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel's in and we get the first Tope Suicida of the night. <laughs> it's fucking breakneck speed now and it gets a bit muddled. Some really pony forearms. Another like trope of the night. Kaz Pescaro's into a Rana to the floor, and Sky follows with another tope with absolutely blatant catching. Back in, and they do a finish called the best Meltzer ever. Four <laughs> That's the worst name that, ever. But then, then I thought, is that taking a piss out of the books, though? It is. It it all goes back be... to when, oh, that they had some kind of feud in, it might have been Ring of Honor, um, or elsewhere, but yeah, because the books do the um, Meltzer driver thing, it was what they did to one up them, and they've just continued to call it that. <laughs> I mean, does he does he do that in a morning before he goes to you know before he has his cornflakes? Does he double foot stomp his wife? I mean, <laughs> his wife left him apparently, so she's buried underneath all the all the all the papers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't move that. Everything's got a place. Everything's got a place. <laughs> uh, honestly, I thought a six-man's goal, it was nowhere near the worst. Nah. I thought it was some decent stuff, and it went at an absolute breakneck speed at some points. It was a touch no selly, and then it got convoluted and very sort of spotty, but I have seen much worse. So yeah. out of uh, out of the top-tier five-star scale, what would you give this, boys? 2.5. That's a, a generous, uh... generous, maybe two. Well, I mean, it's, it's, your, it's, your, it's your scale sliding. Remember, <laughs> anything above four is a bonus. <laughs> so it could well, have been three. It could have been two. Well, if you think that's generous, um, it got an extra half star from me for ex- explicit bias. As SCU are my guys, I I gave it a three. So, yeah, like I say, it wasn't offen- it wasn't offensive at all. I think mean, that's why I sort of two two and a half. Yeah. In that region, maybe I grade harsher than you two. To be fair, I gave it a two, <laughs> two stars. Well, you're um, the same then, two, five yeah, either way. Isn't it? We're all the same. It's all, yeah. it's all subjective, isn't it? Like you know, if this was untapped, it'd be a two point five overall, wouldn't it? You know, pretty much. Shall we go over to uh, old Davy Meltzer's shooting stars and see what the uh, harder of the year gave it? Oh yes, please. Four stars. Fuck off. That's Four crazy. stars. Yeah, I've got it up that here. Is, <laughs> that's extremely generous. No, that is that that is pony. <laughs> I wonder what he gets Tony Khan for Christmas because this motherfucker is generous as hell with AEW. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I bought your house, is, Tony. 
That's outrageous, that isn't it? That's better than uh, is that, that is that better than Hogan Rock? Yep. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Yeah. See, I, gra- I grade a bit differently, me, because like, I, for me, I don't go higher than five, obviously, because yeah. that's ridiculous. So, f- a five star match for me is like Brett Austin's because it had promos, it had a, a story, it had a build, it had the match as well. Hmm. And like, see, I think Cena Punk is a fair enough. It's a five star because of the the promos and the angle and everything. Do you know what I mean? So, I think two. Two and a half, whatever you guys gave him, I think that's fair because I mean, yeah. if you yeah. think four's four's like a great match, five's like top tier, one of flawless the best of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. but you never get a flawless match, but everything's everything's got to work for you, brother, as they say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a solid opener. Two relatively unknown acts to mainstream wrestling, no real story to tell. Everything's good, but nothing really breathes. So yeah. three stars. Yeah. Two stars, two and a half stars. It's all relative, isn't it? Of course it is. But definitely not four. <laughs> definitely not four. So no way. We go to the we go to the comms at the they're at the fancy booth. Uh, they're joined by uh, someone called Ali. Any ideas? That's the bunny. Yeah, the bunny now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it is, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was racking right. my brains on the broadcast. I was like. Who is that? But yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I can't be too harsh on her because she she's in that little butcher and a blade thing, and the butcher I do have a soft spot for the butcher because he's played guitar in one of my favourite bands. So excellently as well. Yeah, he's superb. Yeah. So the, for the first women's match of the night, the mask moron sits there checking out her top set as, uh, as she's talking. <laughs> Doesn't he just? Yeah, he does. <laughs> with, his, with his shifty, beady little eyes just darting between it's the left cheeky, one and the right cheeky, one. Because those eyes are slightly hidden as well, aren't they? So he, <laughs> yeah. he knows what he's yeah. doing there. <laughs> and then, and then, um, and then he has the. He kind of calls it out because he does like to call out the obvious. This idiot. He says, uh, "You you didn't get the memo on the Blazers, did you?" <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of a Larry Zabisco comment or something like that. <laughs> and he didn't get the uh, memo on ironing his shirt either, but I digress. <laughs> no, he didn't. Or, you know, not wearing a mask. <laughs> exactly. So, so and I doubt his we... mum christened him Excalibur. <laughs> He's called like Matthew or something, I think. Oh, that's a lovely name. What do you want to call yourself Excalibur for when your name's Matthew? I love how you make out like he's some sort of legend of wrestling when he retired about 15 years ago and he and PWG's only been going for about 20 years. So it was only really did indie shows for four or five years. Critting. Exactly. But do you not remember on All In when he had like Rocky Romero in that mask? And yeah. the other two, like the other guy who was called like Fat Lad something or other. That's who that's his name. Oh, legends, legends, these guys. <laughs> All right, legend yeah, yeah. Get, legend gets thrown about a little bit too often these days. They do. Certainly. Luckily, they did have a legend on this show. <laughs> so next we get Kylie Ray versus Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. It's announced as a triple threat, which is shit. But four ways are worse regardless of who's in them, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, I thought, could you not just have like Nyla versus Baker? Yeah. Smiley, Kylie, Ray. What the fuck is this? <laughs> is it? Is this? Is this not essentially Bailey? I think, I think this is a yeah, one but, and only but, appearance in AEW. Woeful thing. <laughs> what a what an awful gimmick this is. <laughs> it's a bit of a Bailey clone, isn't it? To be fair, the original Bailey massively. Anyway. <laughs> I thought Nyla Rose looked absolutely mint 
and I think they massively missed the boat with her. Big time. Yeah. Baker looks a bit, she looks like a star, I guess, but dentist gimmick's a bit lame. I know it's legit, but I think it's a bit shit. Gets over in that room, though, John. Oh, yeah, of course. It does. Sorry, <laughs> Joey Ryan. Need I say more? And then we get Brandy. She's got to get involved, hasn't she? <laughs> Always. I mean, she looks amazing, but, you know, everyone shits themselves because they think Brandy's going to wrestle. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> That's what I thought when I, first, when I first watched this live. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> 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 she cuts a pretty Lugerish wooden promo. She doesn't want a great match. She wants one that's awesome. And Q, awesome Kong with an absolute monstrous pop. Yeah, it was yeah. big. She still looks mint, albeit not as mobile as uh, she was back in TNA with Gail Kim. They all sell it in the ring, to be fair, and JR puts her over massively. So what did you guys think of this four-way we get? I mean... Four ways, like John said, not not a huge fan. I can I could just about deal with a triple threat, to be fair, because sometimes it is required. But yeah, not a fan, not a fan of this match. Because because if you if you'd have like John said, if they'd split it up, maybe it could have worked. You know, two matches, two one on one matches, maybe it could have worked. Two two smaller girls versus two like powerhouse ladies. I think that works better. I just think it's not, I'd hate, I just hate how in a multi man match like this, it's like you do a move, you go out, you do a move, come in, I'll come back in. It's like it's like yeah. it's it's formulaic. It's 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 frustrating. Like I said, the pop for Awesome Kong was pretty pretty banging. To be fair, but she didn't look anywhere near ready to be wrestling. Do you know what I mean, like she didn't look anywhere near like ring shape or anything like that. I know she'd take she'd taken a few years out, hadn't she, because of that pretty disastrous WWE run. Um, I think she was pregnant. I think she found out she was pregnant, didn't she, after the after the rumble or something? And that's why she, yeah, something like that. Something along those lines. I think she got into acting and stuff, and she sort of got away from wrestling. But yeah, she, yeah. I mean, she she didn't look as good as she once did, like you said, with that Gail Kim stuff that like, was pretty banging back in the day. Like I said, I I like Britt Baker. I think she's got natural sort of star quality, and. The match, the match did nothing for me, to be brutally honest with you. <laughs> it just didn't excite me. I didn't get, I didn't get into it. Like I say, I think that's probably due to the four way. I mean, if it was the, t- if it was two singles matches, you probably could have got me, but it just didn't do out for me really. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree very much with that. Uh, again, not, not a fan of four ways. The thing is, when you've got more than two people in there, like Mark said, you know, someone's always got to be out of there. In in Kong's case, she was essentially brought into this match to do two spots, which yep. were done very well, and then she just disappeared for the whole match. This, for me, is just the shining example of AEW's women's division starting badly and just continuing to go that way. I mean, stayed, with, with, stayed with all due respect, exactly, and yeah. with, with all due respect to the people in the ring, I, I wasn't interested in seeing a worker that I'm a big fan of, but is past their prime, a wish version of that worker, a wrestling <laughs> dentist and a Bailey tribute act, to be frank. <laughs> Bang on. Could not agree more. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the meat of the matter. Rose and Kong face off, but uh, Ray and Baker attack. Kong dumps Rose out with a boot and slams Ray down. She slams Baker onto Ray, exactly how it should start, really. She misses a splash, sadly, and then it goes south. Kong off her feet too early, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. He's... Red look weak. Yeah. 
you need to keep Nyla Rose. And this is why, like you said, it should have been the two smaller girls and singles matches with him because it just doesn't it would have worked so much really better, I think so. But then you've got two very similar matches if you do that. So I don't know how you could Put have Put one on the pre-show. Yeah, because, I mean, we'll get to that pre-show in a bit, but <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> and then it's the uh, obvious two out, two in, as always. Yeah. These two do some back and forth for a bit and they knock Nyla back out. A lot of posing goes on, shitty forearms. Uh, Ray misses a charge and Kong catches a, a Baker crossbody, but Ray hits a Tope Suicida, second of the night. <laughs> Nyla Rose should be put over big because she is with the company. So I get why. I'd rather put Nyla Rose over big than Kong because like Nyla Rose is like a big part of the division. Yeah. But using Kong to get her over is something they should have done, I think. Like yeah. anointed her as the sort of next monster heel. Kong is selling too much for the smaller girl. She really is. It's like she, she, she she's selling be. like bumping a truck much, or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Kong went off a FIFA too early. It was it was ridiculous. Kylie joins in, as does Kong for the triple superplex power bomb thing that they do. And Rose spares Kong into the steps. Both monsters down. Don't know why Nyla sold that because it was Kong who took the bump into the steps. Weird. Ray hits a super kick on Baker, completely missing her head. Piss poor. Uh, but Baker barely sells anyway, so she was right to do it. And hits a forearm and a swinging neck breaker for two. False finish fest. Nyla selling, giving someone a spear for this long does not make any sense because she speared Kong and she's selling it for about two and a half minutes. It's just abysmal. <laughs> Makes no sense at all. Ray fires up, but Baker hits a super kick and the last shot for the win. I thought it was poor. Completely missed a trick with Nyla Rose. Could have, like I said, I could have anointed, got Kong to anoint her and have Baker chase her. Uh, and Kong sadly looked well past the best. Yeah. Yeah, she did, unfortunately. <laughs> star. Star rating, John. <laughs> uh, one and a half. No, I'll give it a one. Fuck it. Because it was, it was not half a star worse than that first match. It was a lot worse. In that first match, I'd give it a one. What, what I'd say, I'd probably say one as well. To be honest, I didn't really didn't enjoy it. To be honest with you, yeah, same. It's a, a one star for me. I didn't enjoy it one bit, unfortunately, <laughs> for the reasons I stated. But our opinion don't really count, guys. The only opinion in the star system is one man, and that is David Meltzer's shooting stars. Three stars. Three stars. Three stars. That's extremely generous. It is extremely generous. <laughs> yeah. It's just pouring the generosity on, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it's generous like the sack of money that Tony Khan left outside his doorstep the day of the pay-per-view. <laughs> Three stars. I think so. That is, that is outrageous, that, isn't it? <laughs> there's, there's barely even any stars in the ring. Let alone no. to give it an actual rating. Goodness me. But sadly, it doesn't get any better from there. It does not. We get the fucking best friends versus Jack Evans and Angelico. Angelico, Angelico. Can I just Stay put in here, John? Yeah. I've used my one free pass of the night. <laughs> Skip this one. Sorry. <laughs> you don't get a free pass. It's not, it's not monopoly. <laughs> I can't watch I mean, the come best on, <laughs> Oh, the state of these two tits, honestly. <laughs> I can't watch them, sorry. <laughs> Beretta 
is good, but ruins it by you know being with the one of the biggest clowns on the flipping roster. Correction: two of the biggest clowns. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's on part. This guy, this fucking chubby Taylor, is on a is on par with Janella, like absolute yeah. gurning fuckwit that he is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, um, you know, Chucky Taylor walked so that Joey Janella could run, didn't he? Really. <laughs> Yeah, right. it's like it's like the evolution of Moron, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this could be a complete shocker, I've put. And I wasn't wrong, I'll be honest with you. And then they get these two day-glow dipshits walking out, out on the hands. They're walking out on the hands down the ramp. What is that? <laughs> it's just woeful. And he starts breakdancing in the ring, this prat. Like every bit, like those lads that get their location put on Facebook hunter groups after chatting up your twelve-year-old daughter, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After they've been on a night out at a, a cyber dog club. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, according to old Excalibur, they were demeaned by being put on the pre-show, so they threatened people's lives to be put on the main card. Of course, you did. <laughs> Of course you did. <laughs> Could they have not, please? Could have done without this on the show. <laughs> and essentially, we now get the genesis of possibly the worst tag division I've ever seen. <laughs> we just saw the genesis of possibly the worst women's division we've ever seen, so why not? So little little Jackie Evans, he gets ploughed by Trent. They do some pony corner charges. They go to hug and both get drop kicked. This is this is lame as fuck. It really is. A ton of double team stuff for two minutes. The ten counts just gone out of the window. Obviously, it's all impressive, sure, but completely pointless. Old chubby Taylor sell, sells on the floor while all this is going on. Doesn't sell anything in the ring, but he'll sell on the floor for two four minutes, two to four minutes. And Helico gets a, a nice technical half crab on Trent. That, that was a nice high point of the match. Is that as high as it got? Yep, and he throws a right, and he misses him by a good six inches and slaps his thigh at the same time. Taylor's leaning on the steps, waiting. Just You can see him. He's just sat there waiting. Don't, don't come out with your mate. Just sat there. You can see he's, he's watching. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. It's like, just waiting as his partner's being double-teamed. I'm really... I wasn't enjoying this at all. I really wasn't. <laughs> Trent's out and old Chubby T's back in to get the double team. They do a fucking falcon arrow. Nobody kicks out, apparently, of anything. And it gets two. It's just so small time. It really is small time, do you not think? Yeah. It's just big move after acrobatic move after big move. A tornado DDT and a curb stomp, stomp both off the top for fucking two. <laughs> and I just thought, fuck this, this is dog shit. The lights go out. And some gimps pop up. What about you guys? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really don't know what more I, I could add. Um, I I don't get the the crowd why they particularly loved this match. Uh, we we get crucifix bomb into a crusher, and then a doomsday device, and they're both transitional moves. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was I was I was quite glad. When actually the worst move of the lot of them, the, the, the gory special into the foot stomp thing, actually finished it. It was sweet release. <laughs> it really was. That's um, not watching by then. 
I remember it's, what that... it's, it's typical moves for the sake of moves. It's just, just lousy. It, it didn't work in Ring of Honor and it doesn't work here. Yeah, I remember watching it the first time and thinking, I don't know if I could put myself through that again. <laughs> especially, the problem, the, especially the afterbirth as well. It's... <laughs> yeah. This is the problem though. It's like every match has got to be 15 plus. So they've got all this time to, and so they've just got to fill it with crap because mm. there's Nothing no stories. Anything, no, does it heck? No. And then we get the former Super Smash Brothers, i.e. the Dark Order, Dark, Dark Order, Dick Order, whatever you want to call them. And then about 40 of them just pop up and they're like like minions just like crawling on the ring. It's, it wasn't for me. It was not for <laughs> me at all. Generous star rating here, John? Or... <laughs> okay, so it's not it's not Janella Page levels, but I give it I gave it half a star. Just because Trent Barretta's pretty decent and he does the odd decent thing. You guys that's fair. That's fair to me. I mean have not watched it for the second time. I, on the first to view, I thought it was Horse shit, so hot point five, so they'll do me. Chris? Yeah, half a start, no, no psychology. I don't care about either team. I mm-hmm. like Trent. Nothing is allowed to settle. Jack Evans has learned nothing in 20 years. We are reviewing his matches for one man's meet at the moment because we're doing Wrestling Society X. Oh, he, he hasn't learned <laughs> a single thing. And <laughs> Chuck Taylor Chuck is the colon cancer of people. Shite. Yeah, yeah. He is, yeah, he's dreadful. And he's he's got that... Do you, remember, do you remember when Brian Alvarez used to go on about people who were skinny fat? Yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, they're skinny fat. Chuck Taylor and the Young Bucks are the epitome of that. Absolutely. They're, like, yeah. they're slim, but they're all flabby and doughy, aren't they? I mean, I'm not exactly, you know, fucking Rick Rude in the body department, but I'm not on national telly. So... We're going to go over to Davey Meltzer's shooting stars. Our general consensus was horrendous. Three and three quarter stars. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not surprising, is it? Chris looks like he's seen a ghost. (laughs) That's insane. The man's lost it. I don't think he ever had it. No, I mean, if I I wasn't already convinced that that the man's lost it, this this is a guy that gave flipping... You know, like mid mid South classics, like reverence and respect, and he's and he's giving that that same reverence to crap like this. Yeah, yeah. just bollocks. Like yeah. matches that have, have no consequence to anything. No, <laughs> got to have him on payroll, really, and he that or he's got photos of him. Because honestly, <laughs> yeah. honestly, he must go to bed crying every Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! So there's a l- little bit of afterbirth with uh, the the, the, the soon to be dark order do a load of shit, and I'm thinking if you're going to run in and kick the shit out of somebody, you're not going to flip, are you? I'll be honest with you. <laughs> no, you just put it, laid some hands down, wouldn't you? That's it. I mean, we made the point in in the last one where with that abomination of a street fight, and it's like if, if you're in a street fight, you're not going to do a moonsault. Let's be honest. It's a fucking absolute joke. Next, we get a package putting over the EVPs and all out. Comes put it over too, and uh, Marvez is utterly shit. He really is dreadful. Yeah, <laughs> he's the worst, isn't he? He really is. He, me, me, and Chris were talking before on Twitter, and just said like, if 
Excalibur toned himself down and lost the mask and stopped like spaffing everywhere for every sort of obscure Japanese and Lucha Libre move, he might actually be half decent. Yeah. But Alex Marvez is the epitome of a lost cause, isn't he? <laughs> There's just nothing to nothing to redeem no, though, is no. He really is. And you can you can tell here that like ex Excalibur's having to do the, the heavy lifting for all, all three of them. He can't even look at the camera on the event. <laughs> no. And he's got he's got no feeling in his voice at all. So all I'm thinking is because I, I don't have a lot of experience of Ex, Excalibur's work in the, the early years. I've, I've, I've only really captured it now, worry. really, where, I mean, really, these these days, it depends who he's working with, but he's really not that bad. It, it all depends who he's working with, yeah. but he's, he's really not that bad. Whereas here, I think he's feeling like he's having to ramp everything up because he's the only one that's actually turned up and cares to be frank, you can't, yeah, he can't begrudge him that. He, he, he's loving every second being there, and it does come. Oh, god, yeah. But yeah. well, I, I mean, half of this stuff, like you know, Jim Ross has probably never seen, yeah, yeah, he doesn't know all the but names that, of these objects. But that's movies, on it, that's on him, though, isn't it? To research that, he's he's obviously not that arsed about it. To you know, what I mean, he's being paid to do that, he, he should do his yeah. research, yeah. But um, are you gonna watch 20 years of PWG? No, definitely not, but I'm not paid exactly. to, to commentate. No, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. next up we get another six man. Because nobody's done a singles match in AEW. It's it's, it's obscene That's the amount one, of yeah, it? person. Hasn't no. been a singles match yet. No, no it's the amount pre show, unfortunately. Of, that was Kip Sabian, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Kip Sabian and uh, Panda Shagger Sammy Guerrero. And... <laughs> oh, yeah, the <laughs> Panda to be perfectly fair to them, I'd have I'd have swapped around the best friends abomination. Yeah, I've put these that. two on the main show as a as a kind of palate cleanser between the two yeah. rough as ladies matches we've got, quite frankly. Because <laughs> honestly, that that match actually it was a solid two and a half star, really, and it got buried because um, of ITV. So next we get the fetish of Kenny Omega personified it live and in living colour. We get Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, and Emma Sakura versus Hikaru Shida, Riho, and Ryo Rio Mizunami. Something like that. So it feels a bit weird for me watching this. It's like I'm on the dark web or something. When I'm watching, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it's, it's a bit uncomfortable for me. Riho yep. legitimately looks about 12. Yeah. Both of the sure. belts are bigger than her torso. <laughs> They've all got a belt. Uh, that's oh, I yeah. Everyone's yeah. got a belt. That's probably why oh, Tony yeah. likes belts so much. <laughs> Mizunami looks like she could have been a 90s Japanese wrestler. She's got that sort of Nagayo Nakano kind of stature yes. and look. She's got a bit of charisma as well, I'll give her that. And all the comms go on about is Amiga, Amiga being well into Joshi wrestling. Yeah, like they love it. He's like, oh, this is this is Kenny Omega's favorite kind of wrestling, and I'm like, great. Uh, Hikaru Shida looks great. Riho just looks nervous. Apparently, Emi Sakura was their trainer, but I didn't think that she was that old because she looked quite young. Emi Sakura, to be fair. Uh, Sakazaki. Yeah, oh god, we'll get to her in a minute. Jesus wept. Um, Sakazaki, oh dear, 
Is that this the one that looked like she was in like a Street Fighter game or something? She like she was wearing genie pants, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. It's as bad as the Kyler Ray gimmick. She was bouncing like she'd had like forty Red Bulls and like twelve <laughs> bags of Haribo. She looks about twelve as well. Go on. She knew exactly what she was doing. <laughs> of course she did. How how many people in the opening sixty seconds of this match in the crowd? were openly jacking it in front of everybody else. <laughs> yeah. She knew exactly what she was doing. And we get Emi Sakara in a Freddie Mercury gimmick, complete with Tash. So we've got two lots of Freddie Mercury-based gimmicks tonight. <laughs> what is it with that? All it was, it was, was Queen, like, big renaissance of Queen or something at the, at the time? Big, I don't big psychosis fans, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> So we get Aja Kong, who is well, was mint. Probably uh, the best Nick here, though, was she? No, it's got it's got massive Minoru Suzuki vibes, doesn't it? It's like <laughs> they're both they're both legitimate legends, but they are well past their prime. Yep. And we get Aubrey uh, Edwards referee. Fantastic! There's the entertainment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so this Yuka Zakazaki sticks around trying to do magic or something. She she does not fucking about and completely takes her head off. Uh, why did the crowd man. why did yeah, the it's... crowd go silent and politely applaud? They're not actually in Japan, you know. No, exactly. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. It's like, oh we've got to do the tropes. It's like later with the uh, with the books match where the the call triple A, but as soon as uh, Justin Roberts call it triple A, everyone starts calling it triple A. Yeah. It's like you're not actually in Mexico, you moron. These are English speaking people. Fair enough, Mexico, crack on. <laughs> Go all Espanol on it, but fuck me. <laughs> uh, oh, God, it was giving me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> JR was proper phoning it in in this one, wasn't he? <laughs> 100%. Oh, of course he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's already got the money, brother. Exactly. <laughs> Kong and Rio do some slow power struggle stuff. Um, she can't get Kong down, then she floors her. Then there's some high spots after a Greco knuckle lock. It's just non-stop high spots and big moves and these two big fuckers, really. <laughs> there's so much screeching. It's just screechy as hell. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I get the grunty kind of thing, but it's just non-stop. I'm like, it was, I had to got tinnitus from it. There's a nice surfboard. And then they started doing these lame this is wrestling chants. <laughs> it's not though, is it? It's not, it's not, not. is it? <laughs> it's, it's stick figures banging seven bells out of each other. It's it's not wrestling. Aja Kong then lands a massive kick to Riho with no thigh slap. I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> she slams her with one arm and then drops an elbow. It's a pile driver. As the uh, as the heels are blocking the others t- from saving. And the ref does fuck all, obviously. Fuck all. That 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 kid Rio would be dead. She yeah. would actually be dead. But Rio's fine. She does like a three stone double stomp that she does because she weighs about three <laughs> stone. You'd be like, you'd just be like, oh, what was that? <laughs> if anyone did that to you, we wouldn't even feel it. Mm. I also Rio did some was... maths during this match, and uh, apparently was it, was it Steiner based? Uh, well, no, um, I haven't got the hair anymore. Um, all the all the noticeable beard, but um, Rio, um, they said how many years she, she'd been wrestling. So 
I worked backwards. She made her debut at nine years old. Now, uh, I know I know Kenny Omega had done some suspect things in the ring in the past. Is yeah. this that nine-year-old lass that he had the match with in DDT, do you think? I think it is, yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, some people would call it grooming, but... <laughs> He'd call it training, obviously. <laughs> exactly. It, I think it was he her, yeah. He <laughs> touched me here, here and here. <laughs> Bringing out the doll. Um, Rio, not Rio, but Rio, does a, a nice spare on her Kong and chops the fuck out of the magic one, the, the little genie one. Yeah, Excalibur is proper Randy Marshing it all over the shop right now. <laughs> he's, he's, loving it. he's loving it. It's just obscure shit just falling from his mouth. It's like, <laughs> what is it? There's, there's, a, there's a fucking dustbin, and then there's a kendo stick. But at least the ref wasn't looking. I'll give, I'll, I'll give him that. She gets done with a bin. Uh, there's a load of screaming, load of shit forearms. But they looked pretty stiff, but it's, it's just forearms. Every match has got to have this forearm thing, hasn't it? It's just... Yeah. Running nearby Sheena for free. Not for me, just same old six-man cluster high-spot bollocks. What did you guys think? Couldn't agree more. It's it's not my sort of thing. Um, if you took out Rio and Sakazaki and had a, a bit of a tag match, take out eight minutes, could have been fine. Got to be frank. Rio and Sakazaki, give me the creeps. Not just because I'm a 43-year-old man. I'd say the same thing if I was 19. Um, yep. I enjoyed seeing Kong again. Want to see more of uh, Mizunami. And she does an absolute boss to actually get anything out of yeah. this match. She's an absolute boss. Yeah. Do, do like only, a bit of Sheeda. She's the only redeeming quality of the match. She's Mizunami books right, or booked in the 90s, could have been an absolute boss. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she she's got so much potential as a proper yeah. bull Nakano type, and like not even in AEW, um, I'd I'd get her in WWE personally. Hmm. Yeah, don't put her in Stardom because it's just going to be fighting little little ones little like waves and, and jobbing to them every night as well by the looks of what they're like on there. Because they're the stars. So, uh, Chris, what's your star rating for this atrocity? Well. I didn't want to be quite as harsh as the the last match, and I enjoyed it a little bit more than the previous um, women's match. But it's still a two star job for me, and I'm I'm being generous. It's it's purely to do with seeing Kong again. I know she was past her best, but it was just nice to see her. So she uh, the, so the match gets half a star for that. And yeah, Shida and Mizunami did a cracking job, but. A lot of it, I was just left scratching my head because I just don't understand modern Japanese Yoshi. I just don't. So two stars for me, mate. It's not for me. Either. I, I, I'm going to go less than that. I'm going to say one. Just, Fair. I didn't see the point of it. Not one person knew any of them in mm. terms of like the mainstream audience. Every, everyone probably in the crowd probably knew some of them or Aja Kong at least, but the mainstream audience, which is what they're essentially trying to sell to because they know they've got that hardcore audience that will buy whatever they put out. You know, people aren't like us who who have a history of watching it or like to go deep into it and check out other stuff. Like to your your average Joe who's, you know, or might try this new wrestling promotion. They're going to fuck fuck are they? Uh, Nobody really explains who they are. What did you reckon, Mark? Chris went two, I went one. 
one. Yeah, I think one's fair. I mean, like just because of I like Shida, so that's the only the only reason yeah. he's got a star. <laughs> I think we all agreed with that, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> But again, it's not our opinion that counts. We go over to Davy Meltzer's Shooting Stars. Oh dear. Three and three quarters. <laughs> That's just everyone's, every match has got like above three and a half stars, isn't it? Like, <laughs> pretty much. <Yeah. laughs> Even the Battle Royal got three. <laughs> the well, Battle the Royal guy with, no with a man with no legs doing a 619, I might add. <laughs> yeah. Got three stars. The Battle Royal that had Glacier in it. <laughs> Who looks like one these days? Yeah. And I mean, seriously, if Tony Khan's, you know, put the money into Glacier for that one appearance that Bischoff put into him, he's at a loss from the kickoff, isn't he? He's in the, he's in the red. Yeah, so the next match is like the only good one, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Although, <laughs> without giving too much away, this match actually heightened my enjoyment for the rest of the event, to be fair. So, uh, the next match is Cody Rhodes. Well, just Cody at this time, isn't it? <laughs> He's up against his older brother, which I think is just a classic story to tell, to be honest with you. This, was, this, is, this is a match that I hold quite dearly, to be honest. I really like Cody Rhodes. I've always been a fan of his, to be honest. I think he gets a little bit, a bit too much shit for my liking, especially with the way his sort of AW career sort of eventually demised <laughs> but we'll get to that eventually down the timeline they have a nice little vt package i thought it was like sort of legacy of both men and stuff like that it was like was it the last last ride of of, of dustin what do you think of that sort of opening sort of video package because i thought it was probably the best quality one they did of the night yeah i i really enjoyed it and like the the whole story of like cody's like upstart making it on his own thing and um, wanting to kind of crush the previous era of wrestling, like calling himself a, an attitude killer and, and what have you. Yeah. It, it really fed in. I, I, I kind of loved how they went into the whole, like the both of them got into the the old, like, musty ring to kind of train yeah. and stuff. Like the whole, like, I, I liked the whole Rocky vibe of it, as, as, yeah. especially from Dustin. Really well put together. Um, for me, it was probably, yeah, like you say, it, it's it's far and away the the decent build as well. Yeah. Even if you just saw it as like a standalone, like if you'd seen it that night, you get into the match straight away, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's an instant story you can get behind. It's brother versus brother. It's it's like era versus era. Like it mm. still it tells itself really. That that. That's why you need jeopardy and things like that in a match. Otherwise, you just don't give a shit about it, like some of the things we've seen already. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And you know, both both of these men, um, they they come from an era of you know you you build things. I mean, you know, Dustin worked in WCW. Cody was trained by and worked for the biggest company in the business for doing this sort of thing. So. Yeah. It, it totally wouldn't surprise me if they went to Tony Khan and said, no, let let us put this together because it yeah. totally smacks of, of something that they've done themselves and, and it works. It, it almost it almost feels like it's on an island of its own, this match, like compared to the rest of the pay-per-view. Yeah. You could, you could stick this in the middle of any WWE pay-per-view yeah. and 
not be able to tell the difference at all. Whereas any of the other matches that we've seen tonight, even the main event, I don't think they'd work with their WWE crowd. No. I think you could stick this with a few tweaks in any NWA pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in I the mean, they've, 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 they've kind of... Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought you meant the modern NWA because they've, they've no, kind of done it with modern. Cody and Aldis, haven't they? Which... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was a bit overindulgent, but it worked. But, like said, but you're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this... this you'd, you'd put this on at, like, Starcade 91... And it would be the absolute tits, wouldn't it? Yeah. Of course it would. Yeah, I mean, the, the little package you did before, I thought was quite nice. Cody's essentially calling Dustin Old Yeller and you take him out of the back and shoot him kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Dustin's in the wild looking for his chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he says, he says whatever happens... Uh, his legacy is intact. Did anyone notice uh, MJF training with yeah, Cody? Saw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of foreshadowing there again for one of yeah. MJF's first big programs in the company. So that's it. That's so Cody, no roads versus mm-hmm. Dustin. Self-indulgent Helmsley entrance. Sick. <laughs> he looks cool. I'll be honest with you. It looks cool until you see the throne. And you're just yeah. like, oh. um, I bet he, I'd imagine he regrets that now. <laughs> I mean, why bother? It just looks so small time. It really does. Yeah, yeah. It it looks it looks really vin, vindictive as well on Cody's part. Like anybody who says that Cody was destroying this throne as a as a wink wink spot to get people talking about AEW is an absolute moron. He meant it Agreed. completely as a dig at his old bosses not recognising what he was capable of, as yeah. as as well as knowing it would be the number one thing to pander to the virgins in the crowd. But <laughs> yeah. it's the only thing I can find wrong with what we see for the next 25 minutes. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll find some stuff, don't worry. That's fine. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> it's, it's the same, though, with this chief brandy officer. They are dying, dying to be Helmsley and Stephanie. Dying. Oh, yeah. I bet they role play it in bed. <laughs> they must do. Yeah. Brand, Brandy looks smoking, obviously. Cody looks like little drummer boy. He's dressed like Thanos. <laughs> he does. He looks like he looks like a fucking nutcracker, doesn't he? He's dressed he does. like Thanos from the Avengers. That was his outfit. Yeah, I think I think the, the best thing that happened to him for his look was um the boys, the prime video series. Yeah. Because you get total peacekeeper vibes from him now, don't you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> he gets a uh, puff whiz, puff whiz, puff whiz, bang. <laughs> Pink Floyd contest, gets... contest five hundred pounds. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he gets uh, he gets a sledgehammer out for fuck's sake. Gets a pop though, yeah. but he doesn't oh. break it. I just thought it was piss poor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the op- the opening bit's a bit shit, but yeah. yeah. And it's shit like this is why I can't fully get behind him. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh, this is mint. And then you just go, oh, yeah, but he does that. He's apparently the heel, clearly. Um, and he is over. He really is over. The crowd love it because it's yeah. anti-WWE shit. And they're all anti-WWE. Dustin Rhodes gets an absolute monster pop. Yeah. He looks great. But his tune's a bit poor. It sounds like uh, Brain Stew by Green Day, but like a metal version of it. 
Yeah. He looked meant though, doesn't he? He's been good nick. Yeah. And then and then they call they call Cody the throne breaker. <laughs> They've already got the gimmick. Throne cracker more like. I mean, there's, there's there's like several nice stories going into this, isn't it? Like you guys said, it's the brother versus brother thing. You know, Dustin's fifty. Yeah. Is he going to retire? You know, Cody's that guy who was never anointed, and he's in like he's harshest critic as himself. Blah blah blah, and all this. There's a lot of stuff sort of interwoven through it, and I thought it was really, I, I thought it was really nice. It had a big fight feel as well. To be fair, yeah, yeah. definitely. Dusty chance from the crowd. They both. No matter like, what you say, what you say about Cody, he makes his matches mean something. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This is what I mean. Yeah. I, I get on board with him, and then he'll go and do something daft, and I just freak off. Do you know what I mean? I, you nearly had me there. And um, yeah. the crowd gives out dusty chants and they both look pretty emotional. Like, Cody looks like he's about to tear up kind of thing. This is, this is the match they wanted at Mania, wasn't it? They've wanted this match for so long and they just never got it. Like, they were desperate to do it and they never got the green light. So, like, this must have meant a lot to them. Sadly, it's one of them, though. It's clearly a quality match. And it clearly means a lot to them. But the problem with WWE is they don't give a shit about mm. if it means anything to you. Tony yeah. Khan will indulge these people. Whereas yeah. Vince is like, if it don't work for business, it'll work fucking business, mate. And that's it. So what are your guys' uh, opinions on this? Love it. Absolutely yeah. love this match. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I was I was saying to to Mark earlier, um this this match actually lifted my opinion of the rest of the card, which I know is an incredibly Tony Khan thing to say. But it's 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 true. I mean you you look at what comes before it and the quality increases. I was definitely. yeah, I was I, I was getting set to stand up and, and walk away from the telly and just go and do anything else. And then I didn't realise that this was the placing for this match. And I'd never seen it because having watched the um pre show at the time of this coming out I wasn't going to buy that pay per view as long as I had a hole in my ass. <laughs> I just, I just wasn't. So it's, it's my first time watching it. It, it stands up to anything, like we said, like put on in any other company. It certainly stands up to anything put on on, on the night itself. The story's magnificent. I, I love how it kind of builds slowly until yep. Brandy gets ejected, and then everything just ramps up. The crescendos there, the blood. Definitely helps. The the story's brilliant. Like Cody, tr- try as he might to be the heel here, that the fans don't let either of them kind of deviate from the scripts that they want. And and again, it's it's the one match tonight where the crowd really helps it. I think because they're yeah. they're yeah. invested themselves. Yeah, hundred percent. Which is weird because this is a, this is a pretty much as nearer to a classic wrestling match as you can. I mean, I don't mean like it's a classic. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a wrestling match. It's not yeah. a high spot flippy. I, they're predisposed to not like the standard wrestling. We like our version of wrestling. And it's, it was odd, but I think Cody's that sort of, he spans the genres. Is a, is a genre spanner. Yeah. <laughs> it can get over with uh, all kinds of, all kinds of folks, which is is good. And if they're going to pull the trigger on him at Mania as a top babyface, that's that's what you need. You need a man for all occasions. Essentially, yeah. like the NWA champion used to be back in the day, you know, can work with anybody. And as long as they keep him in check, I think Cody, 
has all the I tools to do that. Just yeah. to just to deviate slightly, I think his WWE run's been almost flawless so far. Yeah, apart like, from his injury. Like, well, it's actually that, worked in his favour though, hasn't even, it? So. I, I think yeah, I remember yeah. we reviewed it at the time, and I was saying this will make him more over than he's ever going to be that match, and yeah. he is. Like yeah, the, the guy gets the best reaction, yeah. and that match that match at Mania against Roman, I'm I'm really excited to see that, even though. You know, WrestleMania is normally not the best recently, but like I'm in, I'm in locked in for that. I can't wait. But this, this is this is the opportunity for him to get where he's always wanted to be, to be the the poster boy, the face yeah. of the company. The I mean, don't get me wrong, he is over. He's he's well over. But there's a difference between being over and being the guy, the face yeah, of the company. Yeah. Like Sami Zayn's over as fuck. He, is, he isn't the face of the company, is he? So. Yeah. Typical like Foley style champion, isn't he? Zane? like hundred percent. You'd, you'd you'd want him to win the belt on Sunday, but you'd want him to drop it on Monday yeah. because then it, yeah. it doesn't tarnish him, does it? You know. Yeah, it's no. a good point. Well, yeah, back to the so match. You... I I love it. <laughs> it stands to <laughs> ten. I think I, I think I put this match in one of my. T- I think when we originally did our other podcast, I think this was in my top sort of five ten matches or whatever. I really like it. It's not. It's not like the best technical match you've ever seen but I just like the story to it and obviously John you know how much I like Cody so it's just it, I do like this match a lot Do you want to take us through it then? I'll go for it <laughs> So to me this is what this pay-per-view is all about this match <laughs> you know like you know young young books blah 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 Kenny Omega yeah uh, I can see why people like him but uh, this was this is the match that I really would really wanted to see at the time when, it, when I originally watched it I love I love Dustin as well. I think he's so underrated. Like he's he's a great talent. He's still good. He's still even good even now. He's better than 80 percent of people that can work. He knows how to work still. And he's in his what mid to late fifties now. I can't remember how old he is, but yeah. um, because he's not trying to pander to the younger crowd like Jericho is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's just doing what he's done. Yeah, yeah. He's always he's... been. I mean, that's why he's called the natural because he was a prodigy. Yeah. He's, he is natural, isn't he? Some of the, some of the, the, the oh, yes. fluid movements, like that power slam he throws, is that you know that's that's better than almost anyone that, that can do it. He's, he's so fluid. There there is a there is a few little gripes with the match, but I think they sort of add to the charm of it a little bit. I mean, I know Brandy gets involved, but she does get lobbed out quite early, so I, you know that that kind of she gets lobbed out pretty much instantly once she gets involved. So I can sort of I can excuse it. She does. She does spear Dustin though, so I don't know why it's not a DD. It's not a DQ. <laughs> See, that's that's what lost me because it's like I get her getting involved. Like she threw a water bottle in his face at first. It's that, fair enough. That's great. Yeah. But spearing a six foot six man when you you know five foot two and weigh you know four stone with a brick in your pocket, it's that took me out of it. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! I know she got. I get that she got to get involved. She's the heel valet, but. Yeah. There's ways and means of doing it. Do you know what I mean? You're not you're not fucking awesome Kong in the ring anyway. So, and DDP was a nice touch, but yeah, loves loves a Cody match. Him, doesn't he? Loves it. They're really close, does, though, aren't they? they? Very close, apparently. I didn't. I, I don't know, but it's always nice yeah. to see Page. Yeah, always we love nice. him. <laughs> love a bit of Page, <laughs> not Adam Page. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's like. Uh, Classic stiff lockup to start things. They sort of Cody gets at the early exchanges. He gets in control. He does a bit of stardust, adds a bit of stardust to it. 
don't which know why is always, I always find it odd because he always he hated that gimmick so much. So yeah. I don't know why. Just like, I remember when he, he came back at WrestleMania and he did it within about five minutes of the match. It was like, I thought he wanted Weird. to shake this off, Cody. <laughs> um, C- Cody, Cody like dominates it and it's like uh, it's a few interesting moves. Like he doesn't hit a dive, but it didn't look stagey for me. It sort of it, it, it was, was a bit early. It was early, but it was impactful, and it wasn't like the camera didn't absolutely bury it where he was just showing like Dusty just waiting for it, like Dustin, sorry, uh, just waiting for it. Uh, so it worked a bit better for me. C- Cody hits a nice power slam of his own at one point, sort of Allah, his brother. Not quite as good though. Um, they, do, they do a lot of that though, don't they? They sort of like do the little nods to each other, like the power yeah. slams and the drop down uppercuts, and yeah, and like the you know, yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that, I thought that was quite. I thought that added to it. I thought it was quite good. Dustin throws an absolute corker of a right hand. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's got all level. It's got all level right hand. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then they get to the sort of point of the match where it, it, the drama increases, where Cody sort of and it move, removes the middle turnbuckle sidesteps Dustin and he goes face first and he's like he obviously he gigs himself but damn that's a big cut <laughs> but luckily the A it's it's like they've regressed the camera crew for AEW because you, you didn't notice it whereas yeah. now it's just like blatantly in the corner Moxley's uh Moxley's <laughs> carving his skull open. Someone's getting handed a, a razor blade on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah that, that cut was um Serious, <laughs> like I mean, it was like it was pissing blood out of his head. Do you know what I mean? It was outrageous. I <laughs> but put, I like always oh, an excellent bleeder, but I didn't realize like he probably nicked an artery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what yeah. it was though. I like I, I quite like the fact that he had that sort of contrast of his one side of his face was blood like red with blood, crimson like mess, and then the other side was like face paint. So it was like he had like a like a mask on. I thought I don't know why. I just thought that visual was great. I don't know. I, I don't really yeah, know it. Um, Individual was superb. I mean, I like the bit where Cody wipes his blood on his chest. I thought that was yeah. a nice little touch. Yeah, that was good. And it's like uh, as soon as Cody sees that, as any as any rest, as pro wrestler should, they zero in on it, and he's he's like opening it up. He's throwing right hands on it, and he's getting blood. Like the blood's going everywhere. It's fucking crazy. Um, they definitely wouldn't be able to do this type of match in WWF. Um, <laughs> but like Dustin, Dustin finds like a sort of second wind almost he's trying to fire himself and the crowd up and the crowd's with him to be fair the crowd is with him it gets uh it gets really like like a massive struggle don't, don't you think like it just uh, like it gets like there's some War serious like yeah there's like there's like that almost like cody's like i want to i want to beat you but i can see that you're, you're in pain as well and i sort of he's it's almost like that sort of holding back in a way did you did you get that through or not or was that just me no, I, I got a similar to that. I think when Dust, Dustin's selling being like punch drunk as well. Yeah, that was I good. When he like he swung and swung and a miss type thing, and he, yeah, that was good. Yeah, you can sort of see the like Cody like no, he's not too sure if he should go for it, but like he wants to go for it, but he doesn't want to go for it. Yeah, there was there was a bit of trepidation there from Cody. I thought it was quite nice. Excalibur says one was the Hebner get him a towel. <laughs> yeah, just stop it, get him a towel. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Winston, Winston yeah. Wolf will get you get your whole new set of towels. <laughs> yeah, like, but then I think like Cody's like is is like uh, his attention shifted when he he's, he sort of almost got embarrassed by Dustin, didn't he? Where he sort of he fucking spanked his bare ass with his weight belt and stuff like that. I thought 
That was like when the attention shifted. Yeah, but you could see him undoing his kecks, couldn't you? And you're thinking, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but then he sort of like, he has to, he feels like he has to go to the well then. So he, he distracts the ref. It, it's, a, it's a low blow, disaster kick and the crossroads for two. That was a, that was a. I thought that was the finish. To be fair, um, obviously I haven't seen it for a while. I, can't, I couldn't remember it. And it's sort of Cody does sell it well that he hasn't got the job done. Dustin, Dustin picked like eventually Dustin sort of gets back control. He picked Cody up and just headbutts him. Love that. <laughs> it's just like fucking like that's all like that. That was sort of like his last hurrah, like to try and try and hurt him. But then then I didn't like the fact that he got uh, he hit a crossroads for two. I, I didn't think he needed to do that. To be fair. And then they sort of like look at look at look at each other and go, look, you know, are we, how are we going to beat each other here? We've hit everything with like everything we can. Cody eventually gets an Alabama slam, and he sort of he picks Dustin up again. He doesn't want it to be a count out win or anything like that. He picks him up for another crossroad, gets the three. I think it's a good match, a really really good match, and I, I do have a lot of time for it. But uh, um, your thoughts, guys? Yeah, I I can't fault it at all, um, mm. and. Like, like I say, it's it's got nothing to do with the show that it's on as well. Um, if you put this on any other big event of the last 10 years, I, I, I think I'd still feel the same way about it. It, it totally plays the kind of wrestling I like. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm very much a where's the story guy in a lot of these yeah. things. Like it's, it's, it's not a case of like, say, the least important part of wrestling is the wrestling because I, I, I think that helps as well. But you've... You've you've got to grab people with a story, yeah, and and then that story needs to continue in the ring. And I think this does. It's it's a tale, you know, as old as time. The whole sibling rivalry. It certainly plays in here that, like, you know, Dustin had that period where he felt like he was almost the forgotten brother of the two. Yeah, so that play, plays into it as well. But love the post match promo just to put a bow on everything. Yeah, like, I, I don't think I've been ridiculous with my overall rating, but it's probably the closest thing we get to a perfect match on here. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was a really great match. It, nearly everything worked. A few small gripes, but that's just me. Like, Brandy sparing him, didn't need it, I don't think. She could have done something more chicken shit healy. Yeah. But it's hands down the best thing on the show. Mm. Dustin sold like crazy and he, he hung in there with his, you know, brother who was 17 years, his junior. Cody was great other than his little pony in, entrance, entrance and stuff. <laughs> uh, other than the Rollins match where, where he's got his torn peck, it's the best match I've seen him in. So we get a little little afterbirth, but of the good kind. Yeah. So Cody's selling his regret. He looks like he can't get his head around it. Cody comes back in and Dustin backs up. Cody grabs a mic. We get thank you, Dustin chants because everyone thinks he's retiring. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't get to retire here. You don't get that. Because I got to ask you a favor. In front of God and the whole world. Before AEW was a thing. Before we filled this place up. It was me. It was Kenny. It was Matt. It was Nick. It was Tony. And I put my name 
on a piece of paper for our show next month in Jacksonville for Fight for the Fallen. You know what the match that I put my name down on? It was myself and a partner of my choosing. Against, against what I think is the best tag team in the world, the Young Bucks. But Dustin, I don't need, I don't need a partner. I don't need, I don't need a friend. I need my older brother. So basically Cody says, Say you don't get, he says, he says you don't get to retire here. He wants a favor. Before AEW started, he put his name down for a tag match against the Bucks. He doesn't need a partner or a friend. He needs his big brother. It's emotional. It gets a pop. They hug it out. It's pro wrestling, folks. Yeah, classic stuff. Yeah, it is. Definitely. It is. Now we'll go to our our, our star ratings. Marcos Alonso. What did you uh, give this? Uh, it's uh, it's a four and a half star for me. Love this match. Okay, Christopheles. It's also a four and a half star for me, to be honest. Okay, you guys get the Meltzer Award for generosity. So <laughs> <laughs> I gave it, I gave it three and three quarters, but then I upped it to a four after the after after the afters. You like basically. the promo after. Yeah, because to me, a four-star match is a great match. A five's like of all time. And I don't know if it's up there for me mm. because I think a lot of the reason why stuff like this stands out and we think it's so good is because the rest of it is so shit sometimes. <laughs> like, if this, if this was a match in the 80s, it probably wouldn't. It, it, just, it might just have been another match of the card. You, can, you don't know, do you? But, um, yeah, I think, I think four stars for me. However... Or Davy Meltzer, the king of generosity. Let's give it five. Well, well all right. Fair enough. Uh, stopped clock is wrong at least twice, isn't it? <laughs> Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I still think that's massively generous. Well, not massively. It is generous. Not as generous as he's been on the other two, but I think it was a, a very, yeah. very, very, very good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, to be fair to Dave, I mean, looking at how his um, star rating goes these days, a five-star match is probably a, a three or four-star by like, yeah, like older accounts for him since he's done like six yeah. and seven for matches that are actually worse than this one. But there you go, hundred percent. However, next we get some highlights of uh, the pre-show, your casino battle royal, which uh, Chris watched. I apologise, Chris. And it was uh, it it was won by El Hijo del Woodentop, Adam Page, son of Woodentop, <laughs> old butterfly jeans himself. <laughs> oh dear! And then we get possibly my favourite part of the show. Yeah, Jack fucking Whitehall. 
I shall repeat, Jack fucking Whitehall is introducing the person who's going to show us the AEW belt. It's only Brett fucking Hart. (laughs) (laughs) I got giddy as a kipper. Uh, It got a mega pop from me, but it got an even bigger pop in the fucking audience. Jesus, he went mad. Chris Tarrant, mega job. I mean, I mean, the shirt is woeful, but let's be honest, Brett's shirt is horrendous. Yeah, looking every bit like a magician on his day off, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, like that guy in the IT crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brett, thanks to fans and AEW, he puts over the belt, did a solid job, mm. brings out Wooden Top Jr., an old MJF, MJF rocks up and we get a classic little MJF promo. Cut my music, cut my music. It's MJF. Tremendous unifier because everyone hates him. Yeah, they're giving him an anatomy lesson. <laughs> really? I'm I'm the asshole. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Ladies and gentlemen, just in case you live under a rock, you are looking at the youngest and fastest rising star in professional wrestling today, Maxwell Jacob. And in that ring, wait, Brett, a fan's coming up. <laughs> cheap, just cheap. Oh my god. Oh, I kill me. Hold on, give me a second. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Wait, you people really want to boo me? Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you why you Nimrods boo me. It's because you're jealous. You are jealous of the fact that you are looking at the quintessential future of all elite wrestling. You are jealous at the fact that you are looking at the future face of this company because God knows a horse can't be the face of this company. He's a horse, huh? Yeah? Okay, let's talk about horsies for a second, huh, folks? You know, hangman, I'm no horse professor, but no matter how strong a racehorse is, no matter how fast a racehorse is, do you know what happens when they have a bum leg? They become about as useful as every single one of these fat white trash hicks. So you take them around back and you blow their stupid little brains out. So how about you do the right thing? How 
coming in there and beating you to a pulp because we all know you got a fluke victory tonight. And how about you relinquish your title shot and give it to a real man? A man who's going to be, look at me old man, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will. Actually scratch that, that catchphrase sucks. How about you relinquish your title shot to Maxwell Jacob Friedman, cause I'm better than you. And you know, easy there, Seabiscuit, easy. How about I get you a little sugar cube, huh, pal? Yeah, yeah, all right, okay. I'll see you idiots later. I don't need this. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Jungle Boy. For those who are unfamiliar with him, the son of Luke Perry, the late Luke Perry. Jungle Boy making a splash here in all elite wrestling and confronting MJF. Look, Jungle Boy, as much as I want to wrestle a prepubescent teenager, I'm a little busy right now. It's been a great chat, huh? Using yeah. cunty charisma, as I like to call it. <laughs> he says he's the youngest and fastest rising star. He rips Brett for the uh, Hall of Fame uh, fan running. That was great. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it because it's MJF. He <laughs> uh, says the fans are jealous. He's the quintessential future and face of AEW. No, he says a horse can't be a Adam Page. <laughs> um, he says if a horse has a bad leg, you take it out of the back and shoot it. That was so like uh, an Arn Anderson type line, that wasn't it? Yeah. Love yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Old yellow job. He tells him to give up his title shot. He slags off Brett's catchphrase. Brett's loving it. Brett's got a massive grin on his face. He's loving it. Proper old-time heel. And then a seven-year-old Mowgli 90210 comes out. (laughs) (laughs) As as does rapey rapey goth weasel Jimmy Havoc. Excalibur was popping like fuck with Jimmy Havoc, wasn't he? He's like, it was making out like it was the Undertaker turning up or something. <laughs> Fresh from fucking stapling people in the Battle Royal. Yeah. He um, oh, delivered oh. some garden furniture to me a couple of years back. Jimmy Havoc did? Yeah, he, he's a he's a d- delivery driver now, isn't he? For DPD <laughs> or someone like that. And DPD. I... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this was, this was after all of the, you know, after he got found out and what have you. Yeah, I I had to completely no-sell it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Because I didn't <laughs> want to give him the satisfaction, it. but... Yeah, no, fair, fair enough, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> that's as, as he was leaving, you should have just stapled him. Gone. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Rick. Give him the year one progress DVDs back. Yeah. <laughs> good time. So all three of them surround MJF, Page, uh, Jungle Boy, and Jimmy Havoc. They beat on him, take him into the crowd, and that's about it. So uh, now the wrestling portion is over. <laughs> it's uh, time for these vacuous ball sacks. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
So we get a package about this feud. Shows them flipping in a car park. Shows them facing off in a church hall. So the only belt on this show is another fucking promotions. <laughs> Go figure. So next up, we get the Young Bucks versus Phoenix and Penta. Insert gimmick here for the triple A belts, <laughs> tag belts. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> it's hard to follow <laughs> so they, they come out the Lucha Brothers looking like Conad at a Halloween party Excalibur has a semi reeling off his pointless information that only fucking observer readers get <laughs> the books come out in a fucking Elvis gimmick <laughs> But it's like Elvis the Vegas years, which is like the adult nappy 15 cheeseburgers a day year. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 horrendous. If I can keep up with this for five minutes, I'll be impressed with myself. <laughs> I gave it a bloody good go. Old Skeletor's back, Rick Knox. <laughs> but yeah, like I said before, they all go Espanol on it. And uh, what's Justin Roberts say? It says it, Excalibur, can't stop. He says it, it every time, doesn't he? Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. It's it's I can't argue that it's over with this crowd. I can't. Yeah. I really can't. <sighs> Insert gimmick here, takes his glove off and gets a headlock and tries a package pile driver within like twenty five seconds. Book one reverses the backdrop and it all starts to go at like two hundred miles an hour. Insert gimmick stops him to do his uh, zero miedo thing, which is pointless. <laughs> There's a lot of prick, there's a lot of pricking about. We, Chris likes the Lucha Brothers. Don't we go too hard? It's all right. It's all right. I am I am in a minority of one everywhere I go with these guys. But I, 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 I was a massive fan of Lucha Underground, so you know. Again, something I just couldn't get on board with. Sadly, no, that's fair. So there's a lot of pricking about. Phoenix comes in elaborately. No need for it. For four fuckers. You go at the speed of light, it takes an age to start. <laughs> There's a blind tag, to, blind tag to book two. They nearly collide. Slingshot hip toss countered into a double Mexican arm drags. 6.5 on the on the Guerrero scale. Bit sloppy. Mm. More pricking about. Okay, so there's a load of flips. No one hits anything. Excalibur slyly rubbing himself beneath the desk. <laughs> <laughs> This this isn't this isn't good, is it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> they just need some like parallel it. bars or something, don't they? Or some rings? <laughs> Pobble horse. Pobble horse. Yeah. <laughs> There's tag team wrestling chants. They've they've barely done anything. There's literally been no wrestling. Uh, gimpy chest slap exchange. The luchas hit a drop kick and a Superman punch. No tag, but the double team's okay apparently. So. Uh, double super kick, book one out, book two in, no tag. Then just a series of elaborate move after elaborate move, two count, slow the two counts. Uh, then they did the uh, slap their thighs. They don't even try and hide it now. Just <laughs> honestly, it's like it's in full view of everything. <sighs> if you kick right, if you kick somebody for real, it doesn't make that sound. I don't know why they do it. It makes I don't get it. It's like when they stomp the foot when they punch. No. Yeah. Uh, anyway, book one hits a clothesline and a press slam. 
and then a spear. It's like he's he's fucking road warrior job, isn't it? He? he thinks he's like Ultimate Warrior or Dino Bravo or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Books work over insert gimmick in the corner, which is essentially basic basic tag same stuff. You know, I'm not gonna. That was the that was a portion of the match that was all right. Like it was a bit it was of... just just basic, isn't it? I know that's what I mean. <laughs> Books getting assisted round and a, a Pele kick, drop kick combo. Back and forth with big moves. There's no psychology or story, just advantage switches constantly. That's literally all it is for me. Phoenix does some uh, off its fucking head springboard kick Rana thing and Excalibur nearly comes everywhere. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so, diamond cutter for two. That's not protected anymore, is it? <laughs> the diamond cutter, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, book one hits some top rope moonsault neck breaker, no cover. Does three Northern Lights suplex in a row, and then this blasphemous little prick does a sharpshooter. That was the worst part. <laughs> Absolutely. Fire him the cannon. Disgrace. <laughs> Book two does a face buster to Phoenix and moonsaults on a, onto insert gimmick here. <laughs> then both the dickheads do dual sharpshooters, and I'm done. Can't be having that. <laughs> Cannot be having that. Especially with um, Brett in the building. <laughs> I know. That's why they've done it. Yeah. And especially when you know the Shawn Michaels guys as well. That's Yeah. Mm. Oh, right. 450 for two to Phoenix. 450 for two. First tag I've seen in about 10 minutes. The books do a powerbomb suplex spot for two. Fuck off. It's like, it, but it's not just like shoulder. It's emphatically kicked out of. They just like insert gimmick, slap them both and do his daft hand sign and then about 20 super kicks from every fucker, all angles, all four are down. This really isn't good. <laughs> JR, bless him, he's trying. He's trying. Yeah. There's a bunch of leg kicks while thigh slapping. I guess the leg kicks make sense to try and ground them, but they don't sell it, so what's the fucking point? <sighs> fucking two, two Canadian destroyers, one on the apron, one in the ring. This can fuck right off, too. And then I just know melt melts a gimmick for free. Not a fan, John. <laughs> okay, so so that move is right. So the, that melts a driver is completely shit compared to ninety percent of what they did beforehand. Yeah, it gets free. Yeah, like, just like yeah. just like the convoluted angel. Omega's finisher. <laughs> Half of ninety percent of what he does is worse than that, and yeah. it's just horrendous. I mean, I'm sorry if no one agrees, but please explain to me why this is good. <sighs> Athletically impressive, but fuck all else. And it was twenty five minutes. <laughs> you don't need it that match. Does long. not need to be twenty five minutes, man. No. Oh, not everything has to go forever. Anyway, just yeah, put me out of the misery, guys. <laughs> Your thoughts, Chris? <laughs> okay, well... Um... <laughs> How do you follow that? <laughs> so, f- first of all, uh, a, a little bit of a caveat, because I, I I, do not consider what these four people did in the Sacred Ring wrestling. I don't. So, yeah. John, Bud, I completely agree with your assessment of this. In your eyes, as as a fellow fan of proper wrestling, but I will be very honest with you: if I just want to watch something that doesn't make a lick of sense but looks incredible, 
has lots of bright colours to keep my lad entertained because he's around that age where he's starting to get into wrestling now. And one of the things that I found that he enjoys is Lucha Libre. Mm. Now, I I don't get it. I just don't. But it it looks the part when it's when it's presented in the right frame, like you know, some of these Mexican arenas and what have you, and the the presentation of it works and Essentially, the finishes make a lot of sense because the winner is slightly less knackered than the losers. So, looking at this match purely as a spectacle, the Lucha Brothers are probably one of the better teams at this sort of thing in the modern Mm. era. I fully believe that both men are better by themselves, don't get me wrong, but they've obviously got that chemistry of, of being brothers I, I felt they reined in a lot of the books' nonsense because I'm not going to say this word. Um, one of you two are probably more comfortable saying it than me, so you can say it for me. It's um, it's it's one word, five letters, starts with a C. In my humble opinion, the young books are... Cunts. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Crazy. That as well. I... <laughs> I genuinely believe that they have um, destroyed mainstream wrestling uh, for what it's mm-hmm. supposed to be. They are, they are the biggest part of the problem. I, I I don't care what people say. They are they are merchandise sellers and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've made a mockery of this sport. And to to be honest, a lot of the things that they expose, like the purposeful leg slapping and all that sort of thing, they do it on purpose because it gets a pop for yeah. the girlfriendless slash boyfriendless arseholes that watch their YouTube show and think that it's the second coming of Mad Men. So <laughs> as as wrestlers, God I don't rate them. As as human beings, I don't rate them. I think I think they are the perennial dog shit on the shoe of life. Um <laughs> like completely reprehensible human beings. But when I watch this match I was on a high from Cody and Dustin, so mm. it kind of lifted the spirits. But as a spectacle, it was fine. But as a wrestling match, it's Corn's endorsement deal after they fell out with Adidas. It's Pony. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a great reference. It really is. They never made a song called Pony, though, did they? Which is a shame. No, they didn't. If if I want to watch something with bright colours, that makes no sense. I will watch a Scott Steiner promo in the WWF. So, <laughs> fair play. <laughs> fair play. Because they were colourful in them uh, outfits. Totally. In, in, in all ways. Marcos? It, it wasn't for me. <laughs> going to be straight up and honest with you. I'm not a massive fan of either of them, to be brutally honest with you. More so the Young Bucks. I think they're just a set of absolute weasels. I'd love to smack them. Would love to generally smack yeah. Matt Jackson in the face so hard. It's ridiculous. Like I just he's got one of the most slappable faces ever. Um not and, even cause not even cause the heels. You wanna yeah. do it. But they weren't regardless. heels here. They were baby faces. No. So the the most the most like the most un like you can't believe them as baby faces ever. Like they're just they're just, they're so smarmy and horrible to look at. Yeah. This you like 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 uh, like you both alluded to there. There's, there's like I think Ray Phoenix is one of the most athletic, impressive athletes you, you're gonna see in a wrestling ring. He's he's incredible. Some of the the height and distance he gets on some of those those moves is incredible. 
it just doesn't work for me. It's just not my cup of tea. The only the only half decent young bucks match I've ever seen is with with FTR, and that's hundred yeah. percent down to F- FTR. <laughs> they're just they're just they're just never have done. I think this was one of the first times I've ever seen them, and I'd like I'd heard, oh yeah, this is the best tag team in the world, and all this, and I just came out of it thinking, is it? Yeah, because like it just didn't, it just never resonated with me. And I, and if anything, I came out of it thinking I'd rather watch a Lucha Brothers match than them. You know, I'm not a massive yeah. fan of either of them, but I'd much rather watch two guys that have got like they've got a bit of like a mystique about them in a way. It's because but... you know, you know, the young books are disingenuous pricks. Yeah, yeah. In real life, so it's just it just takes anywhere any sort of enjoyment out of them. You like you can't like... you can't appreciate them as a heel or a babyface. Yeah, like you said, watching that that's that sharpshooter bit back was like it was like a dagger to the heart watching them two do that. <laughs> really didn't like yeah. watching that. <laughs> it was the final nail in the coffin for me. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, what it wasn't wasn't my it wasn't for me. But it definitely wasn't the worst match on the card by any stretch. That, 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 yeah, definitely wasn't. It, it wasn't far off. But um, what was your star rating then, guys? Before wow. we get to Meltzer's uh, generosity. <laughs> um, so I suppose I'm giving this on a Meltzer scale, which means this is actually lower than most people would. Well, it's it actually means less than it than it ever used to. I, I gave this three stars, but this is on a spectacle scale rather than an actual yeah. wrestling scale. I can't give it any higher because at their best, and it's purely to do with whoever they face, not them. The Bucks are literally an example of a three-star team. Mm. They they know how to make things look good when they feel like it, but nothing going for them. It, at its best, it was a fun aerial showcase uh, with a team that does the same very well. Um, I think the Lucha Brothers did their very best to rein in a lot of the Bucks' nonsense. Yeah, a Melsa mm-hmm. three. Which is a big meaty cool <laughs> one, I suppose. Three. <laughs> yeah, Mark. I think I t- two and a half probably. Same on par as the opener because there was enough in there. There was there was there was still some impressive stuff in there, despite you know a lot of it I didn't enjoy. Two and a half, maybe 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 two two and a quarter actually. That's probably about right. I'd say one. Fair play. <laughs> um. Before we get to Meltzer's shooting stars, because we haven't had a lot of um, partridge referencing going on on this uh, on this fine recording, um, can I can I just interject with um, Nick Jackson is only the athlete that Jeff Hardy could have been. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite Nick Jackson album? The best of Nick Jackson. The best of Nick Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park. Right, uh, Meltzer shooting stars, guys. Here we go. <laughs> Four and three quarters. Oh. I thought I thought it would get higher than Dusty and uh, Dusty oh. and Cody. To be fair, go to bed with a holic, Steve. They'd be fucking uproar if he did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus, wept. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have no words for him. So, moving on, thankfully, 
JR <laughs> says, Jez has reinvented himself and Omega's at a new level, but it's must win for Jezza. We get a nice little uh, Jericho Kenneth package. Yeah. Jezza's uh, burning to get his win back. Omega knows what Jezza's bringing. Kenneth is a is a nobody to the mainstream audience and will look bad if he loses to him, which I, I actually quite agreed with. It's a fair play. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought it was decent, actually, and it built it up well. Jericho's not in his uh, completely moronic stage just yet. But, yeah, we get Chris Jericho versus young Kenneth Omega, and it's uh, the opportunity to face El Hijo del Woodentop for the inaugural AEW Championship. So Jezza's entrance starts with his lion heart gimmick, complete with the Rudy Voller perm. <laughs> <laughs> then it morphs into the list one. Yeah. Then it morphs into the, like the flashing jacket. And then it just stops. There's no Y2J one. Yeah. And that's his bit that's his biggest gimmick. <laughs> do you, it just reminded me, do you remember when we saw that guy in York who had the full on Jericho gimmick jacket on? Yes, that was yes. <laughs> he's got to watch N- NXT at the barbecue, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, wow. He had full, like, like replica jacket, like light-up jacket. It was hilarious. Me and you just spotted he had, it, He had it custom-made, hadn't he? The mad <laughs> bastard. He was from, where I was he from? He's was he never came? kissed a girl in his life, has he? <laughs> or a blow. No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> and then that horseshit tune plays, and you can you can hear the auto-tune in it. You can hear it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I'm trying to be objective, but he looks like that bloke at the end of the bar in your local rock pub. You know, that's been sat there for 25 years. Yeah. And he <laughs> just wants to hear some Judas Priest. <laughs> yeah. But there'll be no breaking the law tonight, Chris, I'm afraid. <laughs> so the screen <laughs> shows old Kenneth mooching through, I'm assuming it's Tokyo, with his backpack on. I love no his idea. Song, to be fair. Even though he's no a dick, I like his entrance song. It's not that self-indulgent so far. Not quite. I was quite it's quite understated for Kenneth. He gets a puff with puff with bang, pink flag for a five hundred quid pyro. The pyro <laughs> was a bit shit. I thought yeah, I thought the pyro was dreadful. It was just like mm. it literally was puff with flash when it was crap. Yeah. <laughs> There's a barrel in the ring. This was the best part. This is hilarious, this bit. <laughs> and is that barrel there just so Jericho can show his strength to get it out? Wasn't it like a sponsor of the show or something? Yeah, yeah it's, it's the same barrel, one wasn't it? Which is an American franchise. But but yeah, they don't actually mention it, do they? It's just, <laughs> it's just oh, there. there's a barrel. <laughs> All in when Ginelli used it. Yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> in that horrendous street fight. <laughs> Uh, JR comes out with Je- uh, Jericho's a master manipulator. <laughs> you know, he's dead bang on the money there, isn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what did you guys think of uh, of this? I didn't mind it, actually. I remember I remember, I thought it was an all right match when I first watched it. I think it, I was on a similar level with it this time. It did, I feel like it did have a quite a big fight feel to it as well. I think the only the only issue I issue I had with like the opening was the fact that they announced them coming to the ring. They should do that when they're in the ring for me when you're in the main event. Yeah. Um I yeah, always prefer yeah, that. Yeah. I think Jericho still had enough in the tank at this point where he was you know, you could see he'd slowed down a bit. But um he still he could still work a main event for me in the, in, in this yeah. time. Yeah, I, I feel like Kenny looks 
great at this match. He's in the best shape I've ever seen him in, to be honest. He looks a lot better than he does now anyway. I don't I know he's had a lot of injuries and stuff like that. But he looked lean and he looked fast. Um so this is this is one of the better Kenny Omega matches I've actually seen in America. Uh, in America. <laughs> um, well these two idiots did. In <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think it's a, I think it's an alright match. To be fair, like, I think it's a good main event. It's two names, especially Jericho. He's like the, the man they sort of hung the hat on to begin with. Um, he's the perfect person to have in the main event, and I think it it's not like outrageous. I think there's I think there's enough quality in it. And I think there's a there's an half decent storyline in there, and there's and there's a feud that they've been building for a couple of years. Obviously, they had the match in New Japan and various sort of stuff from Jericho. I think I think it's a, I think it's a half decent match. I think it actually gets a little bit lost in this pay-per-view because because the Dusty and Dustin and Cody match is is you know revered as the better one. Yeah, I I agree massively. I think um it it's it's one of the examples of of those matches of kind of what Kenny Omega is capable of looking like when he lets the right opponent kind of take things. So it it plays to me very much like a WWE style match in its presentation, like a lot of walk and brawl stuff going on. Um, Jericho taking his time to kind of have the crowd eating more out of Kenny's hand than his own, which is a master of doing. He can turn a crowd in seconds, and you know he's he was the veteran that still had a bit of pep in him to bring out a match like this, but he also had a lot to prove, like having having worked that kind of mainstream style for the biggest part of his career. And again, I, I think these two were, I, without throwing a cliche out, I think these two were perfect dance partners at this time. I agree. You know, while he, while he becomes a massive clout vampire, in 2019, Chris Jericho was a guy that basically just wanted to let his wrestling do the talking. He wanted to build some people. He makes Kenny Omega look like a world beater to people that have bought this pay-per-view having never seen him before, I think. And I also have to say massive shout-out to Kenny Omega for um, bringing back the whole Ivy Brennan rinse. Yeah, definite Coronation Street vibes from his head. <laughs> I agree with that. At this, at this time, I was still on board with Jericho. You know, I was still, yeah, I was still on the train yeah. with him and I still yeah, liked him. Yeah, me too. It all, I think it's he, all gone at, wrong since. <laughs> at this, he was he was doing what he does. He wasn't pandering to doing what the other guys want to do. He yeah. was leading Kenny Omega through a march instead of doing what the cool kids want to do. You know, this this was this was a classic Jericho match, albeit yeah. you know one at forty eight years old. Yeah, and yeah. I I I don't have an issue with with Omega when he has someone of a standard that can lead him mm. like a carder, you know, someone like that. And when he, when he, when he's like against like Penta, it, it, it's just woeful because it's just two guys just stroking their own egos. And let's see what, let's say, let's see how big we can go. And it just makes no sense. But there was, there was good stuff in this. There really was. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not a Kenny Omega fan by any stretch of the imagination. Cause I think he's an absolute cretin, but, this was a good match, and Jericho was still Jericho. He wasn't this, you know, self-serving. See, he was hey serious. Guys, I'm the cool he was guy. Point, he? he was still serious about it. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was. And he had the sort and of drive know, to, to to build the company. I, I like that about him at yeah. that point. 
it it comes straight out of you know WWE, and you know he felt he still had a lot to give. So yeah, he he has that chip on his shoulder of kind of wanting to build this new company. So this this is how you do it. You you know you you show people that that you still care enough, don't you? Yeah. And then and then after a while he realised that nobody actually cared, and he just <laughs> exactly. got flat and thought, well, I'll just do what they do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then started believing that that was the best way to do it, and believed his own hype, and yeah, yeah, became a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> Earth yeah. flat, by the way, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I can't wait for the J.K. Garshu interview in five years. <laughs> I can. There's, the guy's got no personality, <laughs> honestly. As long as he wears the hat, I'm down with it. Jake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, so it's a lock-up. Lame slaps and chops and forearms. Omega misses his shitty knee. And Jezza lays in chops. They really need to go, these these chops. I mean, I know, I know. It's like when Flair does it, but every fucker does yeah. it in the forearms. It's just not for everyone's me. doing them now. Far yeah. too many of them. This is what makes me laugh because all the matches are the same, and then you get AEW going. We're bringing you the, the, the biggest range of pro wrestling you'll ever see, apart from Dustin versus Cody. It's all pretty much the same blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a attempt countered into the walls, and Kenneth Bales. Nice spot that. Quite like that. Mm-hmm. Jezza hits a drop kick into drop kick into the barricade. They brawl poorly on the floor. No one knows how to brawl anymore. Where Jericho slams, uh, sorry, Omega slams Jericho onto the timekeeper's table. Don't need that shit that early, in my opinion. Jericho cuts off a moonsault and shoves Omega into the crowd. Silly. Excalibur keeps calling him Generico, if anyone noticed. Yeah, what was that all about? Why did yeah. he doing that? <laughs> that was strange. I mean, I mean, if if, if if Sami Zayn didn't used to be called El Generico, Chris Generico would be the best piss take name for him right now, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, it would be now definitely. <laughs> I didn't. Know the, I mean, this is a guy who knows the move of every, the name of every single fucking move on the planet, and he can't get Jericho right. The guy's been famous <laughs> for thirty years, mate. <laughs> it's because he don't watch WWE, probably. Yeah. Uh, Jericho. Jericho gets a camera. But Omega cuts him off with a spit bit and uh, hits a drop kick back in the ring. And Omega falls with elbows and chops, as per usual. The rolling fireman's carry and a moonsault follows for two. Jericho now with his version of the chops and the drop kick gets two. Jericho punches, Omega chops. Too much of it. Jericho hits a lariat for an inside-out bump for two. Nice Rikishi-esque inside-out bump. <laughs> Omega's nose is bleeding, so Jezza must have it. He must have thrown a Maris Piper or two because there's no way uh, he's gigged his nose, is there? No, exactly. But his butt is blown up a bit, wasn't it, to be fair, his nose? Yeah, he must have clocked him. I mean, Jericho still throws a decent-looking punch still. Uh, Omega hits a Desperation Rana and dumps Jericho out. He goes for something called Rise of the Terminator. That's his, that was his. That was one of his gimmicks, wasn't it? Like he was like dreadful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jericho yeah. gets a table, and Omega drops drop kicks it into his face, and then follows with a tope, wiping out Jericho and sending the table into his left arm. Apparently, that's his uh, Judas effect arm. So 
if that's so, that's nice. Did you hear that? Like did the narrative throughout the match where like Excalibur's like, I don't really believe right. in it. I don't it's believe really in the Judas awful. effect. <laughs> what? That's all right. Jericho doesn't believe in climate change and you know round earth. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Or left wing politics. Well, that's it. <laughs> Omega slams the table onto Jericho and that hits a springboard double stomp onto it, which, to be fair, looked brutal, but it's a bit fucking daft doing that. It's more damaging than Sullivan's anyway. Do you know what I mean? So... <laughs> At least he didn't do the tree of woe. <laughs> the tree of woeful. <laughs> <laughs> Omega sets up the table, Chekhov's table, obviously. They're all back did it in again. Omega... I know, I know. <laughs> I'm getting to that. <laughs> They're all back in, and Omega hits a bulldog face plant for two. Jericho fights off the Snapdragon, but Omega hits a spin kick and a shitty knee, no cover. That's meant to be his other big move, but no cover. Omega takes him up top, and Jericho fights him off, but Omega continues and hits back the su- hits the back superplex. That took an absolute age to get. He grabs some of Jez's thinning hair. He won't be chuffed with that. Both are down. Omega wig, finally it? covers for two. <laughs> well, it's a wig or a weave or it's summer. It's it's I don't know. It's a syrup of some sort, isn't it? Yeah. They're both down, and Omega finally covers for two. At least he sold a bit. Jericho, uh, sorry, Omega hits his shitty knee again, but Jericho counters the convoluted angel with a German and follows with a ropious fuck lion salt, <laughs> and then a, and then a much better one for two. The selling of the left arm, the le- selling of the left arm lasted about ninety seconds. By the way, from the uh, table spot, Jericho counters the Tiger Driver ninety-eight with a backdrop over the, the top row <laughs> and through the table onto the floor. And Excalibur says again, second pay-per-view on the trot. Chekhov's table comes into play. For fuck's sake, calling out your moron. business, moron, <laughs> absolute moron. Both are really selling it, though, to my surprise. Uh, then Omega gets onto the apron and they trade punches. Jericho throws punches. Omega throws far- forearms. Jericho hits the springboard dropkick, a la 1996. They go up top and Omega fights and knocks Jericho to the mat. Omega dives off, but Jericho catches him with a code breaker and covers for two, for fucking two. One of your big moves, man. Again, at least it's sold. Excalibur says the convoluted angel has only been kicked out of once. By a golden individual. Of course, Ibushi's kicked out of it. Of course, Ibushi's kicked out of it. <laughs> the only person. <laughs> not Akada, not Jericho, you know, a star. Fucking Kota Ibushi's kicked out of it. You know, the trainer of, of all them greats. <laughs> Omega hits the Snapdragon suplex, then another. Omega has really, really, really bad facials. Really bad facials. Some of the worst yeah, facials I've ever seen. He does. They're over, they're over the top, are they? It's ridiculous, yeah. really. Yeah, it, it, it takes away from man. anything he does is his facials. Like, just, just don't bother. <laughs> Stick a bag over your head and wrestle. <laughs> I keep saving him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of his shitty knees. It's not sold because Jez account is another uh, Snapdragon. But uh, Omega hits the J-Driller for two. I'll be using J-Bishko's move. Please fuck <laughs> off. No need. Ridiculous. Uh, Jay, uh, Jericho counters a shitty knee into the walls of Jericho. Omega goes for the ropes, but Jericho transitions into the old version Lion Tamer and puts a knee in the back. I love that. That was good. Yeah. Omega escapes, escapes and hits his shitty knee. Jericho counters a convoluted angel with a rough-looking desperation DDT and covers for two. They did that Jericho twice. Late. Yeah. Because he yeah, fucked that's up the enough. first one. Fuck. 
I fucking hate that. Sort of our, sort of our, sort of do it again. Nitpicks in yeah. it about rest. Yeah. Omega cuts off the lion salt, but Jericho counters the convoluted angel again with a DDT, but he caught it flush this time. Then it's a code breaker and the Judas effect with his right arm, not his left, for three. 23, just under 24 minutes, man. Yeah, but I think this sort of match deserves a 20, a 20, maybe a, a 20 minute or so match because oh, there's yeah. importance involved. Yeah, I agree. You need, right, but you need at least two finishes to win against Omega, apparently. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to be fair, I think breaker. it's sort of and to be fair, the, the finish that won it is he's dreadful, really. It's a really bad yeah. The code yeah. break is well better. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But uh, they, was, they, they were establishing it as his new finish, weren't they? So they had to, he had to win it with yeah. that, I suppose. It was decent enough, I yeah. guess. It's one of the more decent matches of Omegas I've seen in America, but it's really just big moves, countering big moves. And the story is always, can he get the one-winged angel? Yeah. That is literally it. But it was comfortably the second best match of the night. Comfortably. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I thought Jericho looked decent for the most part which isn't something I've said a lot lately at all. His initial, his initial six months to 12, six to six months to, 12, to a year's run was decent in AW. So there's, there'll be some good stuff from Jericho. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, but everything with Omega has to be epic. It's always yeah. got to be like 20 minutes plus. Why? Yeah. The length, the length of match and number of high spots doesn't equate to a classic. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just... I've seen better 10-minute matches than this. Mm. But I'm not saying it was a bad match. I'm just saying there's 10-minute matches that have been better than yeah. this in the course yeah, of history. Sure. But I think he, in his head, I've seen an interview with him where he goes like, and then the main event match, you know, 20, 40, an hour. And it's like, no, you don't always have to go that. You don't have to, you don't have to equate a match to how long it goes. Nah. You know what I mean? Definitely not. No. Anyway, what That's... do you guys think? Like I say, it's one of the better matches I've seen from Kenny Omega. I think, I think probably the one with Danielson's is best I've seen since he's been in AW. But I, I think it's good. I think Jericho's good in it. He, as I say, like I said before, he's he could still work a main event at this point, and he's it was the best match he could have had main event of the show. To be fair, so I think it's I think it's a, a half decent. I think it's a decent match. To be fair, I agree. Uh, I can I can see the problems with it far and away and yeah. for, for the reasons that, that we've stated you know too many heavy match uh, heavy moves sorry being made out to be transitions yeah. and um again if i can if i can go back to the inner virgin in all of us <laughs> the new japan match was better but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah this was, this was, was yeah Definitely. but th- this was uh, a good way to end the pay-per-view it's probably the only way to end out the pay-per-view, really, Look, looking at the card that's there. Um, yeah. This this would still be the main event regardless. Kenny's facing Chris Jericho at the right time. If they happen to have this match in 2023, it'd be bobbins because yeah. Yeah. Kenny would get too much of his stuff in and Jericho would be doing slow-motion hand grenades, probably, but, you know. <laughs> wasn't the end of the proceedings, though, was it? It wasn't Sadly Jericho not. grabs a mic. You want to boo me after that, huh? You want to boo me, you ungrateful jerks, huh? You can say whatever you want. I don't give a rat's ass about your cheers or your boos or your wet you in. Lighten up, Marks. 
Bottom line is this. I just got the crap kicked out of me, but I'm still smart enough to know that it's my time now. Because for months, shut up. Listen and be quiet. For months, I've been saying one thing. Chris Jericho is AEW. This is not a company for the fans. This is a company for me. To prove to you the name value of Chris Jericho. Oh, let's see what happened. We got a company. We got a fancy logo. We got a giant television deal. We sold 12,000 tickets in four minutes. What's the reason for that? Me. And I told you when I beat Kenny Omega, which I did by the skin of my teeth, but I beat Kenny Omega, I was going to demand one thing from all of you, one thing from AEW. I'm going to demand a thank you. I said I demand a thank you. calls the crowd ungrateful jerks for booing. He calls them marks. Now, it makes me laugh, though, because this is what he's pandering to four years later. <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just got battered, but it's his time now at 48. He is AEW, apparently. It's not for the fans. It's for him to prove his name value. He's the reason for the TV deal and the ticket sales. You can't argue, to be fair. Yeah. He, he, he did legitimise it at the beginning, you mm. know, Getting his name on on board was a big coup. Uh, he demands a thank you. No one thanks him. And uh, here comes uh, lukewarm Steve Austin. <laughs> Absolute tarrant pop, though, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> for the, the sanitised Nick Gage. <laughs> Absolute monstrous pop for him. To be fair, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> he comes in and absolutely he he, he DDTs everyone, doesn't he? Paradigm shift to, to to Jericho. Ref gets one, tries to go for uh, Omega. He sort of fights back, and they they have it off in the crowd. And eventually, he dumps Omega off like the casino chips <laughs> onto some some stage area. To be fair, it was it was, it was a really good way to end the, the pay per view. When when they spill out in in onto the aisleway, they actually fall onto the broken table. That's probably the stupidest thing they could have done. Yeah. They could have got a Bob Holly job down the back or something, yeah. you know, from an errant piece of wood. Um, when he DDTs him on that poker chip stack, what's the fucking point? It's got the same impact as if you would have poker chip, uh, if you'd have a DDTed him poker on the ramp. Him. If you'd have poker chip, yeah. Him. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like when they go, it's like when they go, ah, oh, he's uh, he's DDTed him on the. On the steps, or but then they've put the steps 
on the table, and and then it's like, well, it's, it's the same as if you did a fucking DDT them on the floor. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's probably yeah. probably less more give on the steps. They're made of, like tin foil, aren't they? So it's it's probably just purely for the visual of it, isn't it? Yeah. Like more than anything else, it's it's know, but... the symbolism. But yeah, it would have been more effective on the steps. And he would then get onto the poker chips to celebrate afterwards. I think that it it, it would have had the same effect. I thought it was a good debut for Moxley. No. To be fair, though, it was. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. It was a decent angle to end with. Yeah, yeah. And again, like looking at the context in which it was taken, because apparently that's that's what I do on this show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like he he just had what was a a really like bang average last six months of his career in WWE. So again, another guy with something to prove, like he's, he's gone back to John Moxley. You know, this was around the time where he was also like doing similar things in new Japan in the build up to his debut there, you know, the whole sign of a new character coming across. This is the way to do it. Like I, again, I think he's a guy that's, as you've quite rightly said yourself, uh, John, he's a, a sanitized Nick Gage, (laughs) but you know, he's happy. It's it's something different from a character that people would recognise. And, you know, this is a company that hasn't started their weekly TV yet either. So you're going to get a lot of, like, angly type stuff because at this moment in time, they've got two shows coming up and they want people to put their hands in their pockets. Yep. I agree. I mean, no, don't. That, it's definitely a decent angle to end with. And it, yeah. it obviously takes Omega out of the title pitch without hurting him. Yeah. Because obviously you wanted to keep him away from the title picture, so you need something else to do. And yeah. mock him and Moxley, you know, spider web, barbed wire trampoline or whatever, and ex- you know, exploding <laughs> death match and all that kind of stuff to come. <laughs> but no, I Can't think wait. it made sense. If I had seen this in 2019 with him just coming straight off the WWE TV where he'd probably checked out six months previous. You know, I'm all for it because I, I quite enjoyed Moxley, Dean Ambrose in, in that context because yeah. he was reined in a bit, wasn't he? But yeah, yeah. watching him for the last, what, four, three and a half, four years, yeah, it's, it's not for me. But it's a, it's a cracking little angle to start off. I just like picking holes and stuff. I'm definitely a glasses are full kind of guy. But <laughs> No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but my overall viewpoint of this pay-per-view, it wasn't the best. There's one standout match, one all right match, Bret Hart and some MJF. Uh, <laughs> but most of the car was just multi-person filler, really. Yeah. 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 It's a real Gattuso pay-per-view, isn't it? <laughs> sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> That's it. Got to get a bit of Reno in there. Love a bit of Reno. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, uh, should we do our uh, standard post-show awards, John? I mean, I don't think it'll be hard to, hard to get this one. Match of the night. Uh, Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be um, Best Friends versus uh, the Fluorescent Nonces. Cycling proficiency. <laughs> oh, the greatest it's Cody versus Dustin, right? Agreed. Yeah, yeah 100%. Who's the uh, the most valuable player of the night? I'd like to give an honourable mention to Bret Hart because it's Bret Hart, right. <laughs> and M- MJF for just being a shit house heel. Yeah, but for me, Dustin Rhodes, mate, Dustin yeah. Rhodes, because he's fifty, man. 
<laughs> and he's just yeah. banged that out. Yeah. And that guy bled a gusher. And I mean, one of the men- most mental blade chops I've ever seen in my life. In terms <laughs> yeah. of like effective, not like John Moxley blade job. Like it was just he's he's gone to town on that bad boy. He's gonna end up with like Abdullah the Butcher, put poker <laughs> chip, little gig marks in his head, isn't he? That, <laughs> what about you guys? It's it's Dustin for me as well. I mean, he he not only carries the match really well, and that's nothing against Cody. It's just that like the story that Dustin's telling carries the match. Yeah. He carries the rest of the show on his back as well. Because yeah. like before this match, I was ready to give up. I was ready <laughs> to make a crappy excuse and be like, "Look, just get Danny on. He'll he'll review anything." <laughs> um, but after this match, in all fairness, I was like, "Right." I want to see what else is on, and I I enjoyed what was left, and you know it kind of lightened my my thoughts on the show as a whole. So yeah, Dustin is absolutely the MVP for for both those reasons. Mark, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, to be fair, I was going to say either Cody or Moxley. I think I'd, I mean I I think Moxley's appearance is mega. I mean, even even me, I'm not a mega fan of him, but it makes you want to see what's coming next. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Because there is that intrigue of like uh, Omega, who's who's he going to get? Because he's only been in Japan and whatever. So to see him and sort of interact with Dean Ambrose or John Moxley now was was quite surreal. I think Jericho was good as well. I think he 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 did his bit to sort of generate a good main event for the first pay per view, uh, but it has to go to to joint Cody and Dustin just for that match because it's just super sublime for me. I love that match so much. So, it's usually called the Disco Duggan Hart slash Hogan Award, but <laughs> this week it's going to be the Young Bucks Award for Dick of the Day. Oh, that's tough. There's a lot on there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go for a double header, Excalibur and Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> Excalibur, yeah. to be fair, that's a shout. He's absolutely dreadful on it. Alex Marvez as well. Let's Marvez, yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> He's absolutely woeful. Riyad Marvez. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this uh, this is more just because of what happened on the pre-show, really. But, but for me, it's it's Kenny Omega. So there's <laughs> there's there's shots of him during the pre-show, and he's just dicking about. It, it it cuts to him at one point, and he's watching the show on 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 the laptop, and. I know this isn't going to work for the purposes of, of audio, so I'm going to explain while I'm doing it. But with a complete Popeye face on, he just slowly brings this thumb into the crowd. <laughs> that, that, in the ITV viewing time, that is what prompted me to not buy this show. <laughs> Back in 2019, I had 40 quid burning a hole in my pocket I turned the telly off and I went to bed. <laughs> Good and show. it's all because of him. <laughs> and he is a dick. Like <laughs> he he really is. Like what, is, what Disco Inferno is to twenty twenty three, Kenny Omega is to twenty twenty three and he's still an active wrestler. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I I can't argue with that. Uh stinker of the night. <laughs> Best friends. <laughs> Yeah, easily. Best friends. Best friends. Yeah. 
<laughs> Too much dicking about. Don't like either of them. And my pointless high spot of the night is the double Canadian destroyer for two. One on the apron, <laughs> one in the fucking ring. Because it just made me check out. Shocking. Yeah, that, that's fair enough, that. That was absolutely atrocious, that wasn't it? <laughs> It wasn't well, as bad the... as Stephen Amell, Chris Daniels on the table in the last <laughs> one. But... Yeah. Well, in the I wish it was still 1992 sometimes and finishes were still protected award, don't do a doomsday device if you're not going to finish the match with it. Yeah. I could not agree more with that. <laughs> <laughs> that used to break people's necks legitimately. Absolutely. <laughs> That's another one in the bag and w- in the box. Wick wit. wit. <laughs> Episode two of Wickwit. We are wandering on, and next next up on this uh, cavalcade of moronity that we call AEW, it will be Fighter Fest. I do believe. Yeah, it most certainly is. Or fight for the fall, and one of them two. Yeah, it's definitely Fighter Fest. Chris has checked it. He knows his shit. It's Fighter Fest. Checked it. I've watched it. I'm lucky. Well, we'll, we'll join your illustrious club of uh, of having witnessed said fighter nightmare. So uh, this has gone pretty fucking long as it is. So uh, this is this is almost getting to Arcadian Vanguard territory. <laughs> as always, if you want to interact with us, it's Adjective Pod on Twitter. We definitely will try and be more active. We are pretty shit at this. Do apologise. <laughs> If you want to drop us a, a nice five-star Daily Meltzer review on Spotify, subscribe, super kick that subscribe button, Booker T, sidekick it, <laughs> spinning wheel kick, Chun, Chun-Li flying fucking bird kick if you want it. Just don't slap your thigh. You don't <laughs> like it. Any further business, Marcos? Yeah, I just want to try and say thanks to Chris for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you, mate. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Oh, well, I, I've been I can really looking forgot. forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really have. It's it's been a a great pleasure talking to you. I'm a I'm a massive fan of you guys. Um, more people should be listening to, to your show. Really, you're absolute naturals, and it's it's just been great chopping it up with you. Honestly, it's it's been the highlight of my week. Nice Cheers, one. man. You can't get put over better than that, can you? <laughs> well, there you go. Well, as, you, as 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 he's beginning to realise, Chris, it's, it sounds a lot better when it's edited down. <laughs> 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 right well if there's no further business we'd just like to say thank you to Chris we'd like to put over the one man's meat podcast because it is a quality podcast you should all be listening to it disgusting awful is phenomenal <laughs> oh thank you we'll have to get you on sometime definitely 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 uh, also they're on the uh, unbooking the territory as well yeah yeah that's right we we step in uh, for the um unbooking the tankatory spin-off podcast so we're currently on a season of Tank Talks, which is where Tank Abbott isn't in the ring um, knocking people the flip out. He's, uh, he's using that golden gob of his to, to get himself over. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're currently on with. <laughs> Any, anything else you're into? I mean, I know I know uh, Danny's on about 475 podcasts. He's on Nitro Nights with uh, Cy from SJP Media. He is. Um, he's also um, doing a little hosting venture. He's doing a show called Back When with uh, the great Ty Peters. And he's basically just looking at retro stuff from his childhood. So they've they've discussed things as varied as 
the uh, made-for-TV series of Time Cop, the original John Carpenter's Halloween, um, Metal Health by Quiet Riot, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, do do please um, support anything that my brother in podcasting does because he is the talented one of the two of us. He just lets me talk more. Right, great. Well, don't forget to check out us. Don't forget to check out One Man's Meat podcast, anything on SJP Media because they do a great job unbooking the territory, unbooking the tankatory, and in the word of the talking heads, fa 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 Ray Mysterio. Cheerio.